You were beautiful. You could have been another Billy Kahn. That skunk we got you for the manager. He brought you along too fast. It wasn't him, Charlie. It was you. Remember that night in the garden? You came down my dressing room and said, Kid, this ain't your night. We're going for the price on Wilson. You remember that? This ain't your night. My night? I could have taken Wilson apart. So what happens? He gets the title shot outdoors in a ballpark, and what do I get? A one-way ticket to Palookaville. You was my brother, Charlie. You should have looked out for me a little bit. You should have taken care of me just a little bit so I wouldn't have to take them dives for the short-end money. Well, I had some bets down for you. You saw some money. You don't understand. I could have had class. I could have been a contender. I could have been somebody. I'm your mama. I'm your daddy. I'm that nigga in the alley. I'm your doctor when in need. Want some coke? Have some weed. You know me. I'm your friend. Your main boy. Thick and thin. I'm your pusher man. I'm Mike Morgan and welcome to For the Hard Way. Joining me is Gina. Hey, hey. Kairos. Hey. And the push man himself, the push-up king. Just saying a lot. Get that What's word. up? I know I need to send I need to send those through. I need to send uh, I've all right, I'm, I'm, I'm doing 25 push-ups. I'll, I'll send them through. I've, I've been slacking with my working out this week. I had a pig out weekend last weekend, and it's just carried on into, what are we now, Wednesday? So I need to sort my life out. Pusher C is going to be your name until you deliver. <laughs> <laughs> the pusher man. <laughs> Chisanga, do you call them push-ups or do you call them press-ups? Um... To be honest, I, I, I call them press-ups, to be honest, but... Yeah, there you go. Yeah, but I live... I, 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 well, I've lived in America as well, so I also have called them push-ups, so... All right. But, yeah, if someone was to ask me what to name the exercise, I'd say, I'd say press-ups. Mm. <laughs> Rubbish. <laughs> right. <laughs> Rubbish. Malarkey. Malarkey. Right. Cancelled. <laughs> well... Cracking on with this week's episode, um, I'm going to save my usual um, rant instead of going first. I'm going to save mine until last because it is a bit of a uh, large interview which is um, going to actually inform our discussion. And that's with Nick Aspen from Contenders MMA, the MD from uh, Contenders MMA, had lots to unpack. I initially thought that was going to be just a, a 10, it, it had a push, 15 minute conversation, ended up close to an hour so we're going to have an in-depth chat and then uh, we're going to comment on that but I suppose the floor is open like a Will Smith Jada relationship oh, I guess. oh um, no 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 <laughs> you're not going to do this here you're not doing this here yeah. I'm going to stop you right now ready. don't do this don't do this he, he wants to go first oh my god I'm Jesus. not going after that I gotta brace myself yo. Oh. I went first last time so mm-mm uh, whoa, I've got to uh, just mentally. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? You know, the, your fir- the first tweet that I saw this morning was your, was your tweet with the Queen Latifah picture, Mike, as well. Wow. Yeah. So, you know, she knew what was going oh, on. Oh, she knew. She knew. Like, <laughs> hey, but live and let live. I, I'm pretty sure these both these guys have alluded to 
to this open relationship for a long time. So if they're happy, it works for them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, if they're happy, I know it's not conventional, what have you, but if they're happy, let them be. But it's still weird. Like it's. Uh, I, I, I couldn't be lending out my other half and then collecting her nah. from another. Yeah, come on. I, 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 I can't do that. Anyway, okay, I'll kickstart. <laughs> I'll kickstart proceeding. <laughs> I'll kickstart proceeding. Sorry to lower the tone. We're, we're not even five minutes in. I know, man. I know. <laughs> I know Mike is pulling some crazy shit already. <laughs> I'm like, all right. Anyway, as, as, as we all know, Last weekend, UFC in Vegas 4 was headlined by a lightweight, a pivotal lightweight fight between Dustin Poirier and the inform Dan Hooker. Now, for me, that fight was well and truly a contender for fight of the year. And of course, as we all know, Dustin Poirier edged the fight via unanimous decision, taking it three rounds to two in my book. So victory over Hooker has well and truly i think solidified poirier's resume to be one of the best in the lightweight division in his last five or well, last six fights i do believe he's beaten justin gaethje eddie alvarez max holloway and now his, his was resume boasts oh anthony pettis i let me for, yep. i'm forgetting anthony pettis mm-hmm. and now his resume boasts the name of dan hooker who went into the fight on a good run of his own, good run of form on his own. So my question to you guys is, is Dustin Poirier, well, should he be next in line for the title shot if Justin Gaethje beats Khabib Nurmagomedov? And is Dustin Poirier the best fighter or one of the best fighters to never win an undisputed UFC championship? Hmm. Ladies first? Sure, thank you. I think that we need to start talking about Charles Oliveira and mm-hmm. Dustin Poirier. I think we need to just kind of throw him in the mix. But however, I do think he is one of the greatest lightweights right now that just cannot win a title because Khabib is up there, of course. But I do think he is incredibly talented. Um, and yeah, if, if uh, I could see him fighting for Justin for the title, I would, I would uh, advocate for that. I don't have a problem with that, but I don't want to see him fight Khabib for a while. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I think he'd be. I think he could also be like a great gatekeeper if he never gets like the actual title. But that doesn't mean he's not like one of the greatest lightweights. Does that make sense? No, I. That makes I a agree. lot of sense. I agree. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The the thing is this. Uh, you know, it was only because of Yuji that made me go back and rewatch that fight. I have to say. It was an incredible feat of combat. I mean, to be honest with you, I can understand why people were trying to like edge it up there over uh, Yuan and Jacek and uh, Wally Zhang. Don't get me wrong, my decision still stands. But what I saw in that fight was adjustments, a massive adjustments being made and rallying back towards the end of what? The third round. Now, for mm. me, um, I hear where you're coming from in that you don't want to see him, uh, well, get in a cage with... Khabib for a while but that you've you've got to remember what actually happened in that fight and for him to come back from that and put in such a performance why not I I personally would love to see him get next if obviously um, Justin Gaethje um, for some reason um, doesn't make that walk Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I mean I can I can see that, but I just also think Charles Oliveira is due his dues and I think if that was the case he needs to fight Dustin to face um Justin if he was to win. 
You know, I don't think we should just skyrocket Dustin to, you know, to a title shot when we have other contenders. And also, we, you know, he just only won just one more fight. And yes, I, I hear everything that you're saying, Mike, but let him win one more. And we have other contenders like Charles. So why yeah. not put them at each other and then send him, you know, back to get his title, to get a title? Why not? Kairos, you're being silent there. What you what you boiling up? Come on, hit us with Silent it. but violent. Yeah, I'm appalled right. that you would really say that Dustin Poirier is probably one of the best fighters to never win a title. But I'll get to that in a second. We'll get, we'll, we'll touch on that in a second. <laughs> to the first part about Oliver. Oh, yes. I don't. I, I think, don't. The interim titles don't fly with me. But go ahead. I, yeah, with uh, with Oliveira versus Dustin Poirier, I like that matchup, but I really want Dustin Poirier to take a break for the rest of this year. To be honest with you, because yeah, yeah. uh, um, I forget who it was. It was uh. Uh, Notorious KGB on Twitter, she was saying that the amount of damage that he's accumulated in his past few fights has been like ungodly. And I looked through, he's strikes have been landed on him like crazy, but that's not the damage that I'm talking about. I'm talking about mm-hmm. the damage that was leading up to these fights in the training camps for him to go these five rounders. Like, yeah. that's the stuff that wears yeah. you down. You don't have five round training camps in you like that. You could do three round training camps as much as you please, but those five rounders really do take something out of you that you cannot replace. So I think he needs to take a break and cool off, and I think Oliveira needs another win before we even talk about putting him against anybody in the top three. I think that Dustin um... I think that Tony really should get a shot at Habib no matter what happens. No matter what happens, yeah. Tony should get to fight Habib yeah. after this. Even if Habib loses, because I'm so sick and tired of this, man. Give him that fight, and then we can talk about everything else. Let Dustin do what he has to do. Maybe have him fight Connor if Connor wants to come back. But if he doesn't want to come back, strike Connor from the rankings and give Dustin Poirier. Um, that's a tough one. Yeah, put him on the shelf until everybody else is all clear and the dust settles. But as far as, what are, we, what are you going to say? I'm sorry. No, I was going to say, Dustin also wants a break. He was online, and the fans kind of blew up his mentions with, oh, are you going to fight Tony next? You should fight Tony. And he was like, Dustin needs a break. So I do agree with you, Kairos. He needs to sit on the shelf for a while. And I also think Tony Ferguson needs to sit on the shelf for a while for the same reasons that you just stated for Dustin. Like, those two can, can take a break. And I'm thinking, like... Throw Charles Oliveira in there somewhere. Does someone else high up on him, or is it just me? Like, I really think just he's, you. it's just me. I'm <laughs> no, a, I'm a fan no, no, of him. No, no, he's no, a, no, he's no. the man. I, I'm in complete. Shut up, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> you got shut down there, Mike, well and truly, emphatically. <laughs> no, <laughs> come on. The, the way that Charles Oliveira dealt with Kevin Lee, and mm-hmm. I, 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 I emphasize the word dealt there because he well and truly – all aspects of the fight, he, he, he was dominant. I mean, his stand-up was so crisp. But like, this is what I'm saying. Yeah, and he, I, I thought Charles Oliveira was uh, was in his late thirties. He's only, I think, he's only thirty years old. Like, he's been right. around for so long that we forget how young he actually is. And I think he's just coming to the the peak of his powers right now. And the man's on a seven fight win streak. Okay, some people could could nitpick and say that at his prior, resume right yeah, yeah they could say oh yeah prior to beating Kevin Lee he beat Jared Gordon Jared and Gordon, Nick, Nick, Nick Lentz. Lentz yeah and David Tamer and Jim Miller obviously you can hold Jim Miller in high regard there because he's still a tough That's SOB a yep but again man I mean seven fight win streak and he's well, he, well as I said he dealt when with Kevin Lee when do we start giving him someone like Carlos doesn't want him near the top three but when do we start like, it has to happen now it has to happen now 
because I, I believe, well, obviously, Khabib's at the top. Justin Gage is number one. Poirier's now number two. Couple Tony Fer- guys yeah. need breaks. Yeah, you know, T- like- Tony Ferguson. I, I agree with Kairos. Dustin Poirier and Tony Ferguson should take some time off. And I think Tony Ferguson more so needs to take some time off. Because, obviously, he did those back-to-back camps and weight cuts. And he took a ton of damage against Justin Gaethje. And then you've got Conor McGregor in number four and Dan Hooker at number five. And, I mean, for Charles Oliveira, I mean... There, there's no fight that makes sense for him at, at this moment in time. I got two fights that make sense for him. Chill out. Quit okay, boosting. Whoa, whoa. Yes. Quit boosting. Speak on oh. it. Okay, speak. First okay, fight. Preach. First fight for him is Charles Diego Ferreira. And the other okay, one is okay. Paul Felder. Two plausible matchups for him right there and there. He wins those. Great. You get to fight anybody in the top five you want now. But right now, I get it. I hold Kevin Lee in such high regard. But Ooh. that fight was five ever ago. A. Mm-hmm. B. Let's not get it twisted. There's a reason why Charles Oliveira is just now entering the top five. It's because every time they put him up against high caliber competition, he loses. He got submitted by Anthony Pettis at 145 pounds. He got TKO'd by Paul Felder on the ground via um, blows. When do we forgive him for that? Because he is sure smoking everybody that they put in front of him and he's addressed his mental toughness i don't think he's gonna fall apart anymore if he gets a body yeah, shot i think it's a he, different dude when he wins another fight uh, he can he can have anybody who wins the top five <laughs> that's that's what i'm saying when, take those two you. fights but take you, those two I, fights <laughs> you talk about paul feller like i'm I know Paul. He, he intimated that he's a, he's willing to come out of retirement. I know he hasn't said he's retired uh, per se, but is that going to be a fight that he, that he's that he's willing to take? And it, does that really get him? Like, does a win over Charles Oliveira really put him in the hump for a title shot? Right. I, and I, I heard he's sitting out until he gets a fight that interests him. Yeah, he, exactly. He hasn't been clamoring for that. So. And I mean, he TKO'd him with elbows. So what what more can he do to to better that performance? Right. That so. should help him out then because that's another one to put him back in the mix. It's an incentive for him. Perhaps, yeah, perhaps, perhaps. But yeah. yeah, well, Charles Oliveira. Diego Ferrero. Fierra. That's a good shout. That's yeah. a good yeah. one to I, com- I like him a lot. I completely, yeah. I completely forgot about him. I'm sorry. Yeah. So, sorry, and He's Diego on the Ferrer. come up as well. He's he's doing excellent right now. Like, yeah. Who did he beat? Hurry. Who did he beat he's last? Pushing forty. It was, it was Pettis, wasn't it? Yeah. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And he did a great job. Yes, I remember. Yeah, that'd be a good matchup. But yeah, Kyrus, I'm with you on that. Those two need to be shelved. Dustin P. and Tony Ferguson, definitely. And I haven't forgotten what you said about Dustin Poirier being the best fight ever to not win a title. One of them. One Skull. of them. I, I, no, 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 I don't no, do the on, interim title thing. I, I know. I, you're about I, to I drag asked me. The que- I asked the question. I didn't say he was the best to not win a, win a title. I can think of... I'm trying to think. Off the top, off the top of my head, fighters, best fighters who haven't won a title... You're, you're going to drag Just, me. You're, you're going to drag, drag me for my first one. Kenny Florian. Kenny Florian had three no, cracks. Kenny Florian had three cracks at... Uh, so he had, he had two at 155, and then he had one against Jose Aldo at 145. <laughs> Came up short, 0-3. Now I'm going to throw it back to you as well. Pedro Hizo. Pedro Hizo was a great fire, but he, yes. he, he couldn't win UFC gold. Dan Henderson as well. Uh, who uh, else? Uh, yeah, yeah, oh, yes, oh, yes, yeah, 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 Dan Henderson. Yeah. Dan, yeah. <laughs> yep. um, I thought you said Dan Hardy, and I was like, whoa. <laughs> okay. 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 All right. Okay, okay, All okay. Right. Um, and now I'm trying to think. I'll go. And my final two are Alexander Gustafson. Because let's face it, if it wasn't for DC and uh, John Jones, I mean, arguably two of the best fighters of all time, he'd probably be a world champion. 
And I'd probably say, I'm just going to throw this out there. I'll say Joe Romero as well. That's a good one, yeah. I'm going Joey B, Joseph Benavides. Ah, uh, yeah, that's a good shout as well, yeah. Yeah, that's mine. I think he's such a talented fighter and should be champion, but it's just not going in his direction every time he goes up for it, you know? Yeah. But. I'm shocked and surprised, Chisanga, yeah. that Leon Edwards' name did not feature in any of these conversations. I'm just... Because he's going to get that you. strap, boy. That's why, man. So... I don't know about that. He's going to... Oh, okay. He's, he's, he's going to surprise some of you. He's going to surprise some of you. I think he hits a wall you. when he fights Usman. Again, like, I think he beats everybody except Usman. And I think Colby gives him a problem as well. Yeah. I think those two people... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Everybody uh, else, yeah. he beats the shit out of. Sorry, Masvidal. <laughs> Everybody. Yeah. He's unstoppable. Well, we, and, we, yeah, we've done this one to death. The floor is still open, like Will and Jada. Oh, <laughs> for God's oh, sake, man. Leave that, leave that stuff. Leave them alone, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. Okay. What was I going to say? I'm, right. I'm trying to remember my topic, and I can't remember it. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> no, 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 no. You didn't answer. You didn't answer the question. Who do you think are the best fighters to never win UFC right. gold? Tony, Gus, Uriah Faber. You look at Uriah Faber's caliber of opponents and how he beat them. He has like forty True. something, not forty something. He has like thirty something finishes. Never won a title because he runs into Aldo and Dominic Cruz. Like, come mm. on. Yeah. Like Uriah Faber's a big one. Tony obviously because he got hurt, but whatever. But he still has a shot. And Gus definitely. But. Uriah Faber would definitely be my, my number one. Yeah, but he's, he's oh, good oh four in champ, UFC championship fights, though. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Carlos Condit, too. I forgot about Condit. Condit's yeah, a that's big a good one. one. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one, yeah. yeah. Mike, what are your uh, picks? I'm going with who I am, Asvidal and Nate Diaz. Oh, oh come on! No, you know what, Mike? You knew what was gonna set me off today. You knew, you knew I was gonna get mad by you mentioning those two guys' names. Why? Why would you pick those two? Explain your reason, please. I, I want to hear it. Resilience, resistance, and the fact that you know I, I really do hold them in high regard when it's come to, when it actually comes to readjusting themselves career-wise. I mean, skill-wise is what I suppose we're all talking about here mm -hmm. and I just can't help but feel we, we, we haven't actually seen the best of Jorge Masvidal and look where he, he is at the moment come on yeah where okay. he is at the moment he's hiding this man is more fearful than Christians in the Bible after they crucified Jesus I don't know where what? Jorge is but he's acting like the apostles <laughs> after they killed Jesus oh. hiding in caves radio silence all that what happened to the outspoken jorge that we all up where is he now where's your savior now he's missing it, i don't want to hear none of it nate it, is the same way every time before he gets to have a fight oh i'm so confident the best fighters aren't who you say they are they're who i say they are and then you get straight dog walked in the octagon and then you got nothing to say after for a while nah i'm not i'm not rocking with y'all with these two dudes no <laughs> aren't those two dudes trying to make more money though like exactly is it because they scared or is it because they tired of making pennies and dealing with all the to shit be honest, they're tired of making pennies yeah, they're, they're tired of making pennies no yeah exactly they made four hundred thousand. i'm not saying they're afraid of a fighter i'm saying they're afraid of the ramifications of losing to said fighters ah. okay okay i get you all right yeah, yeah no okay. i i agree with that point but they're well masvidal at least is is publicly He's, he's publicly calling out the UFC and he's, he's trying to get better fighter pay or well that's 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 the face of it 
until they add another couple of zeros onto his next paycheck and then he might disappear. Mm-hmm. But that's just the way it is with most fighters, to be honest, because as we've said, I'm pretty sure it's a re- reoccurring theme each week that this is a this is a single single person sport and you got to look after yourself. Okay, okay. I remember my topic now too. It's a it's a rant, and I gotta I gotta know if I'm crazy for saying this. Okay. Cause I I got a I got a bone to pick with the UFC right now. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <sighs> let me let me clear my throat for this. <clears throat> let me sit How down. Do you guys, oh, let me shit. let me just sit right. down. Yeah. yeah like. <laughs> 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 Put my feet up. I understand that there's different types of announcers in the UFC. I understand that there's the color commentators. I understand that there's the guys who analyze and break down the fights. And -hmm. I understand there's different people who have different functions and purposes. That being said, how do y'all feel about John Anik? I'm going to be real with Uh y'all. He is just as bad to me as Joe Goldberg or what a mr. I cannot remember your first time I'm so <laughs> gold he is this, in the I same book as oh, yeah if y'all don't stop disrespecting I had, my boo I had this with yeah. <laughs> G last episode nah what? don't rate that guy he gets no ratings from me how do you know he, he was no, fun what's wrong with y'all no y'all don't like Joy he is he says the most irrelevant information <laughs> at the most i don't I, I get it you got to talk about the sponsors the sponsors mm-hmm. are fine i'm not arguing about that i'm not arguing about the cp and the monster energy or whatever the sponsors are but when we are seeing someone get ground and powder on the ground i don't want to hear that they became a father three months ago i don't want to hear about <laughs> courtney casey playing soccer 52 years ago in college when she's not even re- kick, throwing kicks right now i don't want to hear about someone's life story becoming an oncologist or becoming a dietitian and then them coming into the octagon and changing the world we aren't talking about that right now say that when they're walking to the cage we don't care about that in between rounds two and three if yoana and waylee were fighting today they would talk about waylee coming out of the jumping out of the tree and escaping middle school while she's going into the fifth round preparing to fight yoana i don't want to hear it you don't have to talk about this stuff and the people defending him, I get it. You like him. But I guarantee you this. You're going to look back at this guy in two and three years and be like, he is ass. The same way y'all looked at Goldie when he left. Y'all like, oh, Goldie's so great. You look back, he was he was talking some straight BS on that microphone half yeah. the time when they were fighting. Yep. I wasn't paying attention to his commentary, but I, I want, I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of I'm a fan of John. I, I, I really am. Like, let's, let's, let, let's call a spade a spade. John, I believe... He he he. Oh, he's he's relatively. He's been covering MMA for a long time. Do you guys remember Mike? Do you remember when? Uh, who who had the broadcasting rights for UFC in in the UK? I can't remember who. It was. Oh yeah, remember uh, the ESPN channel we used to get in uh, in the UK, and they used to have ESPN MMA. So John Anik was the host of that show with what was the guy's name? Yes, Franklin McNeil. That was that yeah. was well over a decade ago. So. Mm. I I think John definitely has the credentials to to be doing what to be doing what he's doing, but I, 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 this is the first time I've heard anybody talk <laughs> shit about John's commentary. So I'm actually Me kind too. of uh, I don't I'm, even know what to say. Yeah, I'm kind of uh, at a loss for words. Like, speak your mind. <laughs> yeah, Kairos, Kairos, have you put this out in the wild? Have you tried this on Twitter? Like, what do people yes. say? Yes, uh, the fight fight have... night when it happened. I literally put out this tweet. Mm-hmm. I was like. I was like, Dominic Cruz, he's getting beat, whatever, blah, 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 blah. the fight's really close right now. And I did, um, who else did I say? Joe Rogan or somebody. And I said, he's he's taking a lot of damage. He better take care of himself. And I was like, John Anik, 
so and so became a father three months ago and like 1,000 people were like so true blah 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 and then some people yeah. were like Kyrus you're a hater John Ack I'm like bro he is so like I get it he has the credentials he has his degree he's been yeah. doing it for so long but that yeah. does not negate the fact that right now in this very moment you aren't showing us those credentials you're showing us someone who doesn't know what they're doing that's the that's my biggest issue with our community is the inmate it's like people mm. refuse to see what's currently going on I understand you have the credibility of what you've done in the past but we're not dealing with the past right now it's the same scenario where we're talking about people who were so great back in 2006. It's not 2006 anymore. It's 2020, yeah. and you're talking right. that bullshit. Right. Yeah, well, I think his job is a bit different to the other guys because I believe he's the color commentator, so he has to, I, I think, almost speak to the to the casual audience back at home to oh, to, ki to kind of yeah, it's his role to then kind of speak about the uh, discuss the fighters' lives and kind of humanize them to the public so yeah. i i think that's why you find him talking about uh so the lifestyle yeah, issues. Why, yeah the lifestyle issues are or, or, or what have you in between and obviously as, as we all know like a fight can change it in, in, in a blink of an eye so maybe he's saying something and about I'm oh yeah so and so is a is, is a mailman in between and then then they get <laughs> then a swarm of elbows get, gets drawn <laughs> So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I do believe that you, they. I'm sorry, Chisnaga. Um, no, no, on you go. I do believe they do switch up the narrator each fight because some days DC gets lost with the stories. Like, like when Greg Hardy fights, he just talks about how much he's overcome and overcome and overcome. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, you ain't overcome nothing. You beat a case, and now you fight. Like, and then there's other things too. Like he just narrates and he goes on and on, and it actually distracts me from the fight because I'm just like, I don't. I'm like Carol. So I'm like, I don't really give a fuck about, you know, like Chisnaga said yeah. that you was yeah. a plumber and then that you do this and that and you have a two bedroom apartment. Nobody cares. And then it takes away from, like, the buildup of the fight. I agree with Kairos, but I just didn't notice that John Anik does that, too. I just, mm -hmm. my gripe with that is, is DC. I think he does that way too much. And that's why I brought up this point, because too many people are getting passes. That's why I brought up Anik, because Anik has been a habitual, a oh. habitual problem when it comes with this. <laughs> I see this every time he's on the broadcast. I'm like, okay, is this going to be the day I turn off the volume on my TV? Is this going to be the day... That act stupid yeah. because this man keeps bugging me with this stuff. I get it. You can, you, but you can tell us the background when they're walking to the cage, when they're getting the Vaseline on their face in between rounds. You can right, tell us that. Yes. Then don't tell me about someone becoming a rocket science specialist <laughs> and it helping them in the octagon while they're getting oh, teed God. off on. And they miss. We stuff don't too. care. Yeah, yes. like Bis Bisbing has to start screaming like, "Oh my God!" for like Anik to stop with the, <laughs> with exactly. the narration. And it's he's like, trying to be nice. You about guys it. are missing the, the the cross and the combinations, and the guy is like now on the ground. I don't. We don't need to know all that. Like, are you, commentate. Are you are you calling John Anik a habitual line stepper in the words of Charlie Murphy? A habitual line stepper? Yes, I am. I am. Like I'm not this. I'm. I'm a. I'm a person who likes to be a little bit like outgoing. I like to over exaggerate stuff. But I am not stepping the line on that. I am dead yeah. serious and setting my ways with this. Right. This is an issue. He needs to change his subject matter or change the way that he delivers it. There's other ways for him to get around to what he does and how he does it. We don't need to start making excuses for him. Because if it was anybody else, y'all would nail them to the floor on this. I also think with yeah. John, like, as we know, like, obviously they have the broadcast truck who tell Joe Rogan and uh, DC and all, all the commentators what combination is going to be coming up on the on the replay, so then they can uh, so then they can tell the the entire world. And I think they must also they must be somebody like uh, somebody in the truck who's 
specifically whispers in John Annick's ear <laughs> color points about people say say for Jeff Neal for example I, I don't know if uh, John talked about Jeff Neal being a waiter beforehand I'm sure and you're sure he must have but maybe somebody whispers that to him as well to then keep the storyline going in between I, I don't know but I don't have that did. yeah I probably don't I don't have that much uh, gripe with it but maybe now that you mention it I'll subconsciously start listening out for it and we'll see but I got a lot of love for John Anik. I really do. This man, so. this man, John Anik, while Jeff Neal was fighting, was like, like a waiter. He's waiting for his opportunity to count. <laughs> yeah, he did I promise I heard him that. say it. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm, okay, I'm going to go. What, what fight was that? The Mike Perry fight? I'm lying, bro. I'm lying. I wasn't ready for that, yo. I was like, oh, a waiter. Am I the only one here who, like, habitually turns down the volume when the commentating is on? Am I the only one who kind of, like filters them out because i find it a bit of a distraction especially you know someone like joe or like you say you know someone Mm -hmm. like anik it's like okay i get it dude i I understand that you know you are trying to tune people in who maybe aren't so um frequent in their um viewing of mixed martial arts but it does great it does jar ever so slightly and i do find it a little bit of a distraction um, I find that Joe I Rogan turn that has shit right up. <laughs> <laughs> I turn that shit right up. Turn that shit right. right up. No, when Dominic Cruz um, is commentating, he's on mute for the entire broadcast, and then I just tweet and watch it. You know, my damn self. Yeah. And then also, I find that Joe Rogan, when he has an off night, yo, he fucks up my whole entire motherfucking <laughs> yeah. Night. Like, and and then he does it well, and he does it consistently, and he does it every fight, and you're just like, what the fuck happened to this dude today? Mm. You know, yep. like, mm-hmm. and when he does that, like, you know, Twitter's lit, too. Like, there's people like, oh, don't cancel Joe. He just had a bad night. Other people, like, <laughs> get him out of here. Like, it just causes so much ruckus. But I would have to say that Bisbing probably triggers me the least, and I love his excitement in the... Um, when he's commentating, you can tell that he's like right there or he understands. Like, I love former fighters that yeah. discuss the fight. But you were talking mad shit about him last weekend. But you were talking mad shit about him last <laughs> week. How I, dare you? Yeah. How dare you? I struggled with him. I struggled with him. Now, y'all know how I feel. I didn't forget about him. Y'all, y'all love that man. So, yeah. No, I, I personally, going back to the commentary, mm. I love to, I, 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 I love all the commentators. And like, I was I was part of Team Goldie. I was sad to see. I was <laughs> Me sad too. to see. Me too. But I think, I think I maybe Same. maybe the nostalgia, <laughs> maybe the nostalgia because there have been so many finishes that it would have been amazing to hear Mike Goldberg say, "It is all yes. over." you didn't like that dumb shit yeah you didn't like that that? yeah there are so many that's one thing to a hundred bad things he does you remember when ronda rouse is getting whooped by holly it takes a lot of energy being a rock star what does that have to do with anything (laughs) bro what he literally said that and joe was like i don't think it has anything to do with that i think she's getting he was trying to be nice about it if i was y'all be like bro walk out the stadium right now I would have literally like, you gotta go. I I died laughing. I was like, that's just you know. But no, I I, I I well, I think I I like listening to to the commentators, especially like when iconic moments happen. Like, uh, so I I was actually at the MSG when uh, Rosanna Yunus knocked out uh, Joanna Yonjacek. So I didn't I didn't I didn't hear the broadcast of Anik Rogan and D- Daniel Cormier go crazy, which is one of the most iconic moments in recent mem- recent memory. And then when I watched it, and when Daniel Cormier is just going, Thug Rose, you, you can't tell me that didn't like, that didn't go through your bones and your body and give you like an amazing feeling hearing that. 
uh, yeah, it gave me nightmares. Me. I was like, shut the fuck up. Like, what? Oh, 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 oh. No, I didn't like person. it. It was, it went on and on. I felt like a crabby old black grandmother. I was like, if that boy don't settle down now, shit, start the post-fight interview. Maybe oh it was the situation God. that you're watching it in. Because I was I was around my roommates in college. It was so many people in the house, and I was drunk. And so when he went wild, everybody in the house was screaming. Yeah. So it made it even more like iconic. Exactly, for you. man. No, you probably no. didn't like it. Yeah, but me, no. I was just like, this is nuts. No. Mike, I was like, enough. There's just so much going on. I don't need this rat. Like, I had anxiety. <laughs> like, there was just so many. Then he, Doug Rose, Doug Rose. I was like, you're not helping, bro. You're not helping. Like, I just felt <laughs> out of control. No, that's how I felt. So it's like. Nah, fair enough. Know, I mean. I. Yeah, I felt frenzied, you know. He just different kept screaming strokes for different screaming. Folks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Doug Rose. I'm like, all right. <laughs> uh, okay. Right, well, You're the energy come down after that. Yeah. Um, let's see. Well, fellas, today I bring to the table Renzo Gracie mansplaining the fuck Ooh. out of Gina Serrano. Oof. Oh, man. And what I want to do with my portion is just, just I just want to pick y'all brains mm-hmm. because y'all are men and y'all, I don't, I don't, I'm not a guy. So help me understand mm-hmm. what the fuck happened. So we all know that like Renzo Gracie is the famous Gracie. He's got gems. We know mm-hmm. his family. But the thing is, is that Renzo has a powerful voice in our community. He's influential. He's vocal. He hasn't fought in a while. And yet when he speaks, people listen. And he's got like a cult fan base. It's nuts. So he saw the photo of Gina Serrano that she posted on Instagram. And I don't really understand what he saw. Because what I saw was a beautiful professional photo uh, done tastefully. But Mm -hmm. yes, she's topless, but it was tasteful and classy. And all it did for me was just cause women everywhere to just go fucking nuts like... I swear to God, y'all, I ran up in that girl's chat room like, y'all, our titties don't look like this. We got to hit the gym. We got to get together now. We got to do the push-ups. Please, all of us, okay? Every last one of us was like, girl, I got to stop with Uber Eats. She looks great. Girl, bitch, I'm in jujitsu twice a month. Da-da-da. You know, like, she empowered us because she looks mm-hmm. so classy and tasteful. Mm-hmm. And then here comes Renzo with his, like, Horrible comments about the photo. Put some clothes on. You don't need it. You are among the most beautiful women I've ever seen. That makes you unique. There's no need for a sex pics. You are the most beautiful woman that walked around simples as that. And I'm just like, what did he see? Because I'm sitting here ready to like join the gym, feel good about myself. Mm -hmm. I want my next girlfriend to have titties that sit like that. I want titties that sit like that. We all do. You know, women lost it. Like we were just like, we got to get our shit together. We don't have titties that look like this. And she looks great. What is she doing? And here comes Renzo just ruining the whole happy woman empowerment moment. Did you guys see a sexual photo? Am I tripping or? I saw something really tasteful. But, you know, we really got to kind of like take a step back and look who is actually making this comment. Yeah, you're right. He does have a cult following. The fact is the Gracie name is synonymous with BJJ. The fact is Henzo is no slouch. He's got a record which is, you know, I mean, who has he fought? I mean, a who's who in terms of yeah, BJJ legend. So I can understand that, but that doesn't give him a pass to have his no-filter ass on Twitter basically making misogynistic statements. The fact is he's had form. He's quoted the Nazi um, Heinrich Himmler in the past, in 2012. Uh, He tweeted out, um, well, what he thought was a um, supportive tweet around his statement. I'm not even going to repeat it here, but the fact is he's had (coughs) form. Plus, not only is he a misogynistic um, person, he's also... 
um, homophobic as well because if I remember rightly this is the same Henzo Gracie who tweeted I think it was the French president um, it was a gay slur yeah, within the tweet this. as well so he's had form look in short I, it really does pain me to say this because the Gracies are the reason why I got into the UFC. I mean, if it wasn't for Hoist, I wouldn't be watching, in all honesty, because what he did way back when, uh, on his neck, twisting up a man, choking a man out, was absolutely incredible. And that actually had my jaw dropping. But just bringing it back, unless Henzo Gracie is giving me a technical breakdown on a grabo choke, on an Ezekiel choke, I don't know, on a head and arm triangle, he should shut the yeah. fuck up. <laughs> yeah, that that's why I brought up that he's influential and powerful. Because it's like when people like that say that, all his minions come alive. And it's like, Renzo needs to understand that I, I believe the world is kind of changing right now. You see it with the protests. Mm. You see it with yeah. people holding everybody accountable. There's Me Too movement. You know, you can't take out your dick at work anymore. You get in trouble. You can't. There's all types of shit. Wait, what? There's all, there's all types of shit going on. You know, like you can't do the stuff yeah. we used to do. There's rape culture now. And even myself, you know, I, I was, I'm immersed in this culture as well, so I'm deprogramming myself. Y'all seen my page. I, I just talked about Gina Serrano's titties. I am, a, mm-hmm. I am a product of this culture, but I'm trying to move forward. And he has a huge following, and he's just set us back with that. I mean, we were just in such a good mood, celebrating her body, wishing we had breasts like her, loving it. And then some people were turned on by it. I get it. But Renzo, she didn't have a dick in her mouth. And you're sexualizing her in a way that she didn't even even want to do. It was women empowerment. And he ruined the fun. It was just horrible. And it's like what Mike said. Now, I don't, So when that happened, Mike, you know why we're talking about Himmler is because when you talk like that, people dig up your old tweets. Mm. So people dug up yeah. the Himmler tweets. And then people dug up the homophobic stuff. And then even myself. I have screenshots of Renzo telling me to go make him a sandwich. Wow. And then, you know, yeah, wow. like we got into a debate on one of his threads. And him and his minions are told me and my friends to go make him a sandwich. And finally, someone that, a woman that works out at one of his gyms was like i'm canceling my membership he was like yeah you too go make me a sandwich and it's just like you have so much yeah like you have so much influence and what you do is just you know create the dread you're just making things worse you're feeding into all the systems we're trying to beat Mm. and it's just driving me crazy and he was just simply mansplaining which is just Uh, dumb which is just dumb this man i i i don't know it's it not that this behavior would would be acceptable if 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 he had daughters, but it's it, it strikes me of a like a, like it strikes me as someone who who doesn't have a daughter because can you imagine your daughter's partner or any man telling your daughter that she can't express herself however however she wants in in the twenty first fucking century mm-hmm. that we're in right. and tell and, and right. telling and essentially telling her that her places she should be confined to the kitchen. I mean, right. Go make me a sandwich over and over and over again. And if you and if you inadvertently, I don't know how you do this, by the way, but if you inadvertently support or kind of tweet about a Nazi, um, (laughs) you know, like a a fucking Nazi, a famous one that worked with Hitler, you might want to apologize. Right. This is what I'm saying. Like, this is like a powerful person. In in this regime, and if you're going to quote this person yeah. by accident, which I think is a lie, if that was true, you would apologize. You wouldn't be like, well, I didn't fucking know. Fuck them anyway. Mm, they snowflakes. Exactly. Like, what type of person does that? 
And I'm just, and he does nothing good for our community when he does that. Now we're all beefing online. I'm being called this. The people are beefing. Women are mad. And he did nothing. And then her, her beautiful photo that we were all celebrating got taken down. Respect to him as a mixed martial artist and mm-hmm. a BJJ pioneer. No, I'll, fuck I'll, the respect. No, no, no. no I'll, 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 I'll give him that because I've, no, no matter what I think about any fighters who, who put out shit or whatever, you, you always have to have that shred of respect for them competing for our, for our entertainment but fuck him as a person and yeah. I, it, I, I, I seldom say that about people because his views are, are, are that of Fred Flintstone man he's fucking but in the stone just, age Chisanga it's more than just him and a view it's like a serious mm-hmm. problem because one minute yeah. you know people are upset that Valerie Laredo is maybe expressing herself in a way that people see as thirst trapping and then the next minute you have another fighter you know arguing with her about how she's expressing herself and then we have a guy oh Gina Serrano does it in a way he doesn't like it so now he's chastising her it's like damned yeah. if you do damned if you don't it's all the same patriarchy it's misogyny yeah. leave women alone and let us celebrate our bodies Exactly. I'm, I'm not exaggerating when I'm telling you guys that when she posted that, gym memberships were bought. Women were happy. You guys know Regina King? Yeah. You know yep. that fine young lady? Mm. And that's older and she works out. And every time she posts a picture in the gym, black women across the United States join the gym. I'm telling you that right now. It's called empowerment. Women empower. We see another woman doing something fly and we want to do it too. That's a good thing, fellas. Leave us mm. alone. I'm done. Perfect. And thank you I, for listening. <laughs> no, I, I look. I, I have nothing to add, add on that. You, you we didn't get Kairos's take. There. Yeah, Kairos, I would love for you to share your thoughts. I don't. A lot of people, like when they saw this happen, they were surprised. But um, not to like shit on the like the BJJ community, but y'all, they got some characters in that community. <laughs> there is a lot of people in that community yeah. who echo that same sentiment and say dumb shit twenty four seven. So I don't know why everybody's surprised about that. First and foremost, fuck Gordon Ryan. That's yeah, like just about to say. There's that. A, so many corporates who act like this, and like I know how people. There's always this term back in the day where people are like, "Oh, that's just locker room talk." No, that's how those motherfuckers actually talk. Like that, that's literally how they yeah. talk on a regular mm-hmm. basis, have and you, it's just you aren't there around. Question for you guys, since I have you and you guys are men, like I said, I do have a question for you. Have you ever inadvertently mansplained a woman online or in person, and that bitch was like, "Actually, I have a PhD." Like, have any of you ever been like sat down or mansplained by accident? Nah. And how'd you react? If you yes, I yes, I have. Mm. Carol, can you tell me a little bit? Yeah, more? my best friend. She's a nurse. She's a registered nurse, and she was talking about like the um. The different steps that she has to go through with COVID, and then she there was something that she was talking about, and then I was just like, oh, what about um, with uh, it was some stupid medical thing that I didn't even know that much about. I was I do all my research right on the fly before I talk about stuff, and then I said it to her, and knowing she went to school for in the medical field for like six straight years, going through everything like, and I tried to explain to her something that I thought that she already didn't understand, and like literally mm-hmm. while I was talking, I was like, wait, I am so sorry for doing that, but I've done it multiple times, so I'm not gonna sit here and be like, oh, it was only one time, nine, da da da. Nah, I've done yeah. it multiple times, and I mm-hmm. had to correct myself and actually train myself to be like. That's like it's a process for me. Like, nope, I'm pretty sure she understands. This is her degree. This is her expertise. Like, it is a constant. Like, nah, I have to correct myself and check myself for that. I think perhaps maybe I've I've done it when when I was younger and not being aware of it and not being not being calling it. And mm-hmm. I, I I I think most men at some point in their life w- will have done it, and a lot of us won't have realized that that we've done it. And 
I'm just going to throw up, put my hands up in there and say, yeah, I, I, I probably have. I may, maybe, maybe I've, I've even done it to my little sister as well. In the sense that obviously she's a younger, she's she's younger than me, and I believe that right. every, every, every the older sibling is always right. In that, that's that's the belief yes, that, si- I have that one. siblings yes, have. Yes, he thinks yeah. that as well. Yes, exactly. So <laughs> I, I think I've, I've more than likely done that to her. So. Shimba, I apologize to you. I love you, and oh. and, and anybody else, and anybody else oh. who who hears this, and I have done that. I've my sincerest apologies. Damn, it's like confession now. I didn't mean, you know, what I'm saying like, thank you, Chisanga. I feel all bad and shit, but I love how like Karos reacted to to how he might have mansplained somebody. All he did was just kind of acknowledge that, you know, what I stepped out of bounds, my bad, mm-hmm. and he kept it moving. That would be nice because I understand that men can do that inadvertently. Because we all want to prove a point. We all want to be right. We're all Googling. We're all doing research. But like when you put your foot in your mouth with a woman, don't go the Renzo route and just be like, go make mm-hmm. me a sandwich. Wrong no, and strong. apologize. Yeah, yeah, yeah apologize. Exactly. We all mansplain. Mansplaining is putting your fucking foot in your mouth. Women do it too. We all do it. But like, apologize. Don't don't be wrong and strong and then and then keep going and die on that hill. <laughs> you know, I appreciate you, Karis and Chisanga for that. All right. So... Last but by no means least, we've got Nick Aspton, who talked to me, as I mentioned, about some incredible... You know what? Instead of me talking about what he talked to me about, I'm going to let him explain. Now, joining me on this week's show is Nick Aspton. He's here today to talk to me about Contenders MMA, which is one of the first shows, actually, if not the first show, to basically stage an event in August. Now, welcome, Nick. Hey, how's it going, Michael? Exceptionally well. I have to say I cannot grumble. Now, Nick, just to the uninitiated, because um, the show, as you know, goes out to an international audience. Just talk me through. Just give me the elevator pitch on Contenders MMA. Uh, Contenders MMA, fight for your dreams. Um, so we've historically been a um, we've historically been a um, like a regional promotion. And we, we we've always we film inside a film studio, so we always bring bring the fighters and all the competitors over to us. But of late, we've launched um, into America um, with Contenders Florida as another company, and we have plans for two more countries in 21 and potentially into 22, depending on how this pandemic goes. But you're right, we are going to be the first sporting event potentially, certainly the first MMA event to run with a physical audience to, since this pandemic started. Right. You see, credit where it's due, and I have to give him a a shout out out here. I initially saw um, this on Facebook. Now, it was a flyer with what looked like a drive-in stroke cage um, in the actual uh, promotional material. Now, it was a, a group of cars around a cage. So that piqued my interest. When I looked closer... It was about an event which you're going to stage on the 10th of August. Um, it looked like an open-air field. It looked like an open-air event. Um, now, subsequent to that, I took that imagery to Twitter to basically you know, highlight the fact that, A, you're going to be one of the first events coming back. And I had um, some assumptions on how you're actually going to run that event. And then, um, well, I suppose veteran UK MMA uh, mixed martial artist um, Jack Mason chimed in he had a few issues <coughs> excuse me if you can call them that with the yeah, emerging I think, I think there were, there were more questions mm. I mean yeah credit to Jack I mean Jack's 
Jack runs a show that's not too far down the road from where we we run ours. Yeah, and we're, we're probably only an hour and a half away from each other or so. So yeah, so I, I did see that. There's a few people sent sent me the um, the the questions he had, or the, the, I guess there were kind of concerns about um, poor standards within the UK MMA industry, and um, you know how would controls be made. Um, you know, would would the fighters would the fighters' safety be of the utmost importance to contenders? Um, and of course, you know, um, we believe in precision by by procedure. So our ethos with this was using the three P models and um, protect, prepare, and promote. So this is no different, in effect, to another show that's run behind closed doors. We're in fact um, using, and um, we're not in contact with them yet, but we're we, we're using the same people that Cage Warriors. Um, that Polaris are using. We spoke to the doctor um, not to, not too recently. Um, my admin team are working through at the moment. I'm getting them all booked up. So yeah. So if you, I mean, I, I know some of the questions were around how we were going to do it. And but do you have anything specific you want to pick out? Yeah. Again, just by way of uh, background, for my own info. Just talk me through the event and the the events ethos. It being an open air event. So you said you previously. Um, have done what studio events why didn't you stick with that format why the open air event and um, because i the, the the fighters really need to fight that's what they do for a living that's how they earn their money that's what they do for their passion and um, so obviously following what the other promotions are doing and um, combat and um, combat night in florida who's a friend of ours and um, he ran one in in jacksonville quite early on with a closed door um, so behind closed doors, um, hats off to him. Um, it's all really good work. Um, then the UFC started to do it, and then other people just started to follow. But for me, it didn't quite give the fighters what they wanted. We can we can stream ours to air. We can go out. We've got some we've got some real big media parties that are talking to us all the time, looking for um, how we're going to move forward with with getting our show out of the studio at the quality we bring it out at. Um, but I really wanted to find a way that we could put this in front of an audience. They could fight in front of their friends, family, drag the MMA fans back out the house. So instead of them watching Netflix, they could um, they could watch um, you know a fight show on the telly, or they can get out the house, get amongst everybody else, kind of you know feel the vibe and the excitement that we get from okay. you know, watching it live. Um, so that's what we went with. We partnered up with uh, with a drive with a drive-in movie company, and we obviously had to make sure the timing was right. Um, so we'd we'd thought about this quite early on in the pandemic, um, but we needed to make sure that the the numbers in the UK were going the right direction and the global numbers were doing the right thing, because we didn't want to be part of the solution. We wanted to be part of the problem. So having having people getting mixed up and starting to you know increase the R rate ourselves. We have a obviously we have a social responsibility to make sure we get this right. So that's what we've done, and it is it's innovative, no doubt. It's um, it's going to be great fun for everybody involved. And the COVID, this is something that we'll do anyway. So this is now a new format that we'll do. We've booked three of these a year for the next two years, so for twenty one and twenty two. And there is going to be a third date for this one as well. Um, so currently we have two dates. Okay. Um, but controlling COVID right now, obviously everyone's a COVID expert, but we're <laughs> only an expert on what's happened previously. Mm. Everyone's a furlough expert at the moment, but no one had even heard of it until a few months ago. So um, we, we, we have to control it based on what we know now. I actually create these procedures within the nuclear industry. Um, I'm not just a fighter that's, that's decided to run a show. 
Um, I own other companies. I work in oil and gas and nuclear. Right. So, um, so precision by procedure, um, by control, governance, every single thing we do in this company. I mean, I'm not fully there, 18 months in position as the MD, but everything we do within this company is proceduralized. When we, when we run an event, we then have a post-job debrief. We look at OPEX, which is operating experiences, and we, we dissect it. We, we capture lessons learned and we say, did that work how it should have worked? What could we do better? How could we split test it and make it something different? Because we don't want to just follow everyone else. We want to try and make something different. And we want to make it something really special for the fighters. So in terms of procedure, just to pick up on a few things you said there, in terms of procedure, in terms of your own background, you'll know that you'll have an overarching or a governing body which looks after your um, procedures. Are you in touch or is Safe MMA involved in these procedures and in the run-up to, and will they be involved in the event itself? So we have we have looked at and considered um, at the moment, we've got an alternative provider um, looking at the, the medical side, but we're, we're actually producing all of our own and we will discuss with Safe MMA moving on. Remember, we're a long way out from the show right now. We're, what are we, six weeks out, whatever it is. I don't know at what point this goes live. But um, we do have procedures, COVID policy procedures in place. Obviously, as soon as it happened, we had to have it for everything we do, all of our undertakings. Um, so I can give you an overview of our policy and how we're looking at controlling it, if you wish. I'm more than happy to send you one, even. That that will be really helpful because I, I, I said at the beginning that, you know, the catalyst of this conversation actually took place because Jack Mason and I are actually discussing it via Twitter. But I took some things um, on assumption and um, the old adage comes into play here. Um, don't assume because it'll make an ass out of you and me. But an assumption, <laughs> an assumption being that testing protocol was in place and uh, sufficient testing protocol was in place. What testing protocols have you got um, on the horizon in place ready for this event? So the um, so there are there are several there are many there are many many options to how you do this. What you have to be really careful for for any other promoters listening, you have to be really careful at who you select, and um, to make sure that you're not just fueling the capitalists out there. So we've gone to um, I won't I won't disclose who it is, but it's it is the same provider that's used by the other big ones that you're that you're talking about at the moment, um, and they'll be engaged in the. Um, in the the no gi competitions that are coming up soon as well and so we spoke to them they're in place and so as far as the testing goes the testing the testing procedures are fine so the guys will all be tested anybody who enters what we call the clean zone so obviously we're in an open air venue so we can segregate everybody who's in the audience and everybody who's in the clean zone like you like you can't like you would in an mma event normally where you put you'd obviously you'd you'd protect the the cage and the officials but this time we have to actually protect the cage the caged element and the officials to make sure that anybody who enters that clean zone so they'll be they'll be tested they will be and um, they will have clearance we will we will test them based on um clinical assumptions and also physical testing as well. So there will be questionnaires. There will be, um, you know, all of all of the usual stuff. I guess it's kind of boring now, isn't it, for most people? So we'll be looking for cl- any clinical signs. They will be getting swab tested and they'll be getting questionnaires. There will be also quarantines, quarantine declarations. And there's a whole level of education involved in this for the competitors and the officials. And um, so they need to make sure, like, for example, the track and trace. 
can you imagine that they go out for a nice a nice meal to a restaurant yeah. um, in the run-up to the fight. Um, everything's good. They're maintaining their social distance as they should. They're following all the UK government guidelines. Mm. The people on the table next to them suddenly disclose that they've got, they've got it. They, they contact the NHS. The NHS then contacts the restaurant. The restaurant will track who's on which tables through the booking systems, as you're probably aware. And then this guy gets excluded because he potentially could have been. So if they want to, if they want to fight, they want to be with us. They want to do this. They're going to have to take it seriously, the same as we're taking it seriously. This is going to have to be a joint thing between all of the stakeholders that are involved in it. So obviously we have film crew, which we're going to have to limit. We have the um, like any, um, so we'll have the judges, we'll have the announcers, and everybody who enters that area will be tested, confirmed as clean, quarantined before they go in. And that clean zone will be our exactly what it is clean zone. They'll be wristbanded once we have the, the certificates back from the doctors to say that they're done, and they'll have wristbands at the event. There'll be constant monitoring of other clinical signs. We'll have thermal imaging cameras rigged up. The state of the art. I mean, this isn't this isn't a, a little budget show that we're running in the in the back of a field here somewhere. Yeah. You could buy a house for the price of the of the screen that's been purchased for these events. So, it's, sorry to jump money, in there. Money isn't the... Sorry? Mm, sorry to jump in there. One thing did actually um, cross my mind when you were talking about clean zones. You were talking about, quote-unquote, um, quarantining. Um, what's the time period in which the clean zone will be in operation? Are we talking about a 48-hour, 72-hour clean zone? I, yeah, I, I saw the question. I assume it will be a 72-hour clean zone. The clean zone will be dictated by the medics and the doctors that, that do the tests. So, um, as you know, we're running the event on um, on a Monday. Yeah. Um, because we want to get people out. There's, there's, there's stuff for people to do at the weekends. We want to get people out and trying to give them something with all the limited openings. So, we're, we're running a Monday event. So, when, when we get the tests back, it's at that point. So as soon as they've taken the test, it's at that point. So they will probably be quarantined. Obviously, the procedure will be will dependent on what the medics say when we when we get in contact with them. But they could be they could be quarantined for four days. Yeah. So they could be quarantined for four days, and in that time, um, just let's just park the COVID aspect of this. The usual bloods in the run up to this fight, they will all be pretty standard, right? Yes. Okay. So. In terms of how you're actually operating the event, it, it does seem, I mean, just from my own vibe, just my, from my own gut feeling, that this is um, a, a race to be first. That's just the, the, the gut feeling, the vibe I, I'm getting. Am I, am I wrong in thinking that? You are, yes. I mean, you may not have, you may not have heard me when I said that the timing had to be perfect. Mm. We, could have, we could have run this event um, a month earlier. We could have run it even a month before that. We had a... We had a six-figure show um, cancelled in America that all of the money sits with all of the supply partners right now. So it isn't as if um, you know we were in any hurry of anything. We've we've got good we've got good and big things on the boil, and we wanted to do this, but this had to be timed appropriately. So um, yeah, a race to be first. No, we just happened to be first. But you know what? We're a long way in between. The government could give some different guidance and one of the other promotions may be able to grab a small audience. They may be able to do all sorts of stuff. There's we, we could run one right now. We have a we have an, an, an arena partner in America yeah. um, who are happy to run an arena event with an X amount figure for a cleanup bill afterwards. 
um, you know, to, to re-sanitise the place. We're not interested in being first if we if we don't do what's socially responsible and responsible for the UK. And how we need to, we don't want to be a part of, of spreading the virus. We need to be part of the solution, not part of the problem. Yeah, I, I mentioned that there were some mutual um, concerns, and they are concerns that um, I have, and that I know that Jack has. And one of the things which. You know, I think, again, is a mutual concern. It's about the audience. Now, they're going to be in cars, right? They're going to be in fairly close proximity. How are you going to ensure their safety? Um, so, um, again, back to the back to the nuclear side, we have, a, we have a principle called time, distance and shielding, as, we've, um, as we might have covered. I don't know. I'm talking a lot, man, I know. Um, <laughs> so, so. Um, time, distance, and shielding. So I know Jack keeps popping up. I don't know if this is if this is supposed to be a Q and A for Jack because Jack's more than welcome to give me a call and I can help him out with anything he wants to do moving forward. No, I, sh- now, I should make clear. As, as just, you know, with um, with, sorry with to cut show, you. I, I he make... runs almost eighty fighters on a night, and the show starts one day and finishes the next. And mm. um, he has a model, and um, it's a it's a well regarded show, and he's doing his thing. We we need to we need to be really responsible here with what we do. So we're gonna we're gonna run three hour cards maximum. So we're gonna start at seven o'clock at night. We're gonna start at finish at ten o'clock at night. Yeah. Because part of part of reducing the spread of of any potential spread for anybody is to have them confined to their vehicles. They're within their they're within their family bubbles. It's it's all compliant. Food and drink will be available for pre order. Um, no alcohol will be allowed at the event. Um, obviously we don't want to encourage vehicles and alcohol at the same time. Um. Uh, yes, yeah, so that will be delivered to their vehicles upon arrival. Um, they will be asked to stay in their car. They certainly have to stay within the parking bay box of their car. There will be security and stewards in place to, to um, enforce and encourage that to happen. Um, and then, obviously, any toilet facilities will be akin to anything that you have in a in a normal um, in a normal setting. So if you were to go to a supermarket or another drive-in movie, if you separate the two elements out, Michael, it's a drive-in movie and it's an MMA show. So we're holding a behind-closed-doors MMA show and a drive-in movie at the same time, both of which are happening elsewhere. We just happen to put the two together to give the fighters something a little bit more special. Right. Nick, I should say, I tried to um, intervene earlier, just to say, just so that you're clear, I thought I made it um, pretty crystal at at the start that whilst Jack's name keeps coming up, his name has come up, I think, for tr- uh, well, for full transparency in that he raised a lot of the issues that I'd taken for granted in my head when I read and when I saw that this event was taking place. A lot of what Jack has actually um, discussed with me, these are things which I had brewing already in terms of my line of questioning so that's what i'm trying to make clear to you that yeah whilst yeah. his name and comes that, up that wasn't that wasn't a dig at anybody yeah i well i welcome the questioning because i need people to see that it's being done properly and um, it has to be done properly you know we we've got such big plans and i hope you want to touch on other stuff about maybe the innovation of the event and you know what uh you know what what great thing it is for uk mma for it to be done right and as far as the other stuff goes, to publicly to be asking those questions on the side that it's really good and it's really you know it's it's good that the concerns for the fighter safety stretch outside of his own organisation, yeah, which is fantastic. But you know what? If you really want the best for the UK MMA scene, don't try and drag another promotion below you. Try and step above them because together we can make the UK MMA scene a much much better place to be. I don't. We don't see them as competition. We're doing a much different thing. Um, 
you know, it, it doesn't matter to us. We're not sharing fighters. Um, very rare that the, 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 the talent are crossing over at the moment. We've, we've, we've got our own journey. Um, our journey will be something that I hope you want to touch on. Um, but obviously the COVID-19 is the biggest news in the world right Indeed. now. And something that really does concern us. And we're professionals. I, you know, I, I have my name against this, and I, I have some, you know, some, I have some senior positions within within other communities. So I certainly won't be cutting any corners, and contenders won't be cutting any corners. And and again, you know, I hear you in that you're trying to do the best, not just for the UK MMA community, but you know, let's just be frank, for your own brand going forward, you want it to go well, so it obviously reflects well on you. But one of the things that I wanted to ask you, again, it's kind of like something which is playing in the back of my mind. When you look at the UK MMA landscape, um, one of the constant themes is the fighter journey, and they talk about pay. You're spending quite a lot on their safety, which is only right and proper. But do you think it's right and proper as well then to consider how you can recompense the fighters, um, well, who sometimes feel that they're not getting a good deal when it comes to fighter pay? Oh, absolutely. And we can touch back on previous here. I've seen deals with other organisations that don't even pay the fighters. They just pay them in tickets. Wow. Your first 10, your first 10 tickets are your, are your fee and any tickets after that you sell, you get a commission on. Yeah, we don't we don't do that. So to touch on it, so we've launched we've launched in America, as you know. Mm. So we've launched a separate company called Contenders Inc., which is an incorporated company in America, and um, that also allowed us to do something very different that we're launching. And this is an exclusive, by the way, because we haven't told anybody. Eighteen months in the making, yeah, and we're looking at effectively the NFL model. It's what it is. So we're looking at paying the fighters a monthly salary. Wow. So we will sign some UK fighters to Contenders UK. We will sign some American fighters to um, Contenders Incorporated. And you've probably seen some of them on interviews recently. Tony Murphy is one that we met at ATT, who who we've already talked about. And we we need to get our first show under our belt, and then we will take them all out for dinner, and we'll present to them what the opportunities are. And that will also give them um, medical insurance, because in America... Um, obviously, these guys are training full-time. Medical insurance is something that's prohibitive. So we can now pay for their medical insurance. Um, we can pay their gym memberships because it gives us a conduit to do that, where we can we can pay them a taxable benefit. And we're also looking at um, long-term pension pots so that once the fighters are done, they actually have invested something into their future. Incredible. Um, we're then also doing a share of pay-per-views. So it's not as evangelical as it sounds. There's a pay-per-view cap. Obviously, we're an organisation. We need to fund all the other stuff. So we're doing um, we're doing a pay- um, shares of the pay per view over X amount of people watching. After that, that gets spread amongst all the fighters, and then there's a cut. Also, goes to officials, the people that stand by us and have stood by us for the last eight years. This show's been running to to make this happen. You think people like Dan Overheady, Mark Heath, you know, they've been in there getting a, a night rate now every so every time they come they get a, a fee they support us day and night yeah so it's about making it right for them we're also given a share of the gate based on a, ca- on a capacity bonus we're given a share of merchandise and also a share on on sponsorship revenue so the fighters will have an opportunity to um ha- attach the sponsors to their shorts so we'll extend our women negotiating at the moment with one of the, a big company in we've actually got a TV deal in America already, which I can't announce uh, to seventy nine million homes. 
<coughs> but on the back of that, there's sponsorship for all the fighters, so they can they can do whatever they want. They can have temporary tattoos put on if they want for the event. They can they can put patches on their shorts. Um, they can do all that stuff. So it's a revenue. If we if there's an F and B split on on the arena tour, then they'll all get a piece of that. So yeah, the fighters should be paid accordingly. <laughs> Unfortunately, at the moment, the the UK MMA scene, the people that come along to the shows are only the fighters' friends, and we need to get beyond that. I went to watch one of my close friends fight on Jack Mason's show, and once the fight before him had finished, the place emptied because people only go to see a certain fight, which is why you have to put 36 fights on, 40 fights on in a night, whatever they're putting on, yeah, to try and build the place. And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying he's doing the wrong thing. It's not for me. It's not, it's not, it's not what I would want to do, but... He has to make a living out of it. He has to be able to pay his, pay his fighters and do all the stuff he does and pay all of his license fees to cage warriors. Obviously, there's a lot that he does in the background and hats off to any man who can stick out any length of time trying to make money in this industry. Hmm. But I want to make it a little bit different and make it right. Our, slo- our slogan is fight for your dreams and we're on the up. You know, we're, we'll be in, in the next two years, we'll be in four countries running four different platforms and we will be looking after fighters, looking after them properly. So there is even talk. Our American partner Jeff Santella, he's he's talking about even even giving them support when they retire from the fighting scene to set up their own gyms and give them you know sort of business, send them off to business training and all that sort of stuff. So right now, as much as it's an exclusive, there's only there's only so much that we can release right now, so much we know until we yeah. proceduralize it properly. But following the Following the American event, our first American event that we do, there will there will be deals going out to all of the selected fighters. And obviously, we've got to grow that, so there may only be 10 in each country, but we'll grow it. And another one of the questions that you had um, um, vicariously was, um, are we paying for everything? So it's a cross it's a cross it's a cross um, cross promotion between Contenders Florida and Contenders limited which mm. is the uk one and mm-hmm. um, we currently have tens of thousands of pounds sat with flight agencies and travel agencies for all of the stuff that got cancelled we paid for everything wow. we paid for their travel we paid for their per diems while they're out there we paid for training facilities we even set up fighters houses with swimming pools you know out on the florida coast in southwest florida Visas so they all have well? swimming pools and everything to go to we pay for all of that wow. we are not we are not a small little promotion that's running running out of Norwich. <laughs> we've we've got we've got stuff going on, and do you know what? I dare I say it. A lot of those questions may be people are seeing this happening, and they may feel insecure. They may feel that you know we're we're, we're stepping somewhere that someone else won't be isn't able to, or they can't get to. But do you know what? We're more than happy to help because we we want the MMA scene to grow. The more people that love the sport, the more people are going to go to the sport. And there's nothing stopping them from going to our show and then going to another show that's that's regional, you know, that's that's near us, or even start traveling around the UK to go to shows. MMA in the US is massive. Pe- people are more than happy to travel all over the place for it. Um, our friends at Combat Night, they run a fantastic show out there, and they run pro and they run it on amateur events. We're looking at people that they're putting through. Um, Ariana Melendez is one that we've got, um, who's she's a she's a super little talent. You know, she's jumped in with Jungle. She's trained under Felicia Spencer. Mm. She's got she's got all the right stuff going on. And I spoke to the owner of Combat Night um, on Messenger just 
uh, probably two days ago and said, I see you've got a one again. We're going to want her for a pro debut. What do you think? It's about working with these guys. We'll, we'll make sure our dates don't clash, make sure that we can cross-promote. We're promoting MMA. We're not just promoting our own brand. And being the only sport that's running with an audience, that gives everybody an opportunity to come out, witness, even the people that are just bored who want to watch football normally, they can come out, watch some MMA, realise just how good it is, how fun it is, how friendly it is. And then, do you know what? They're going to they're gonna get themselves off to all of the other regional promotions in the area and even the national promotions. And before you know it, together we can grow, we can grow the game. We'll all find our own place. We'll all find our own level. And we'll all, we'll all find our own wealth. You know, but, but as you can tell, sorry, have you got another question? No, I have to present this stuff every day um, <laughs> as a day to day thing. I've, I have some pretty serious stakeholders. I, I, so, I was about yeah. to say it's commendable what you've just unpacked there. And thank you again for the exclusive, because what you've basically um, done in one fell swoop, you've revolutionized where mixed martial arts, you know, to be honest, you should be because. It's only, what, a few days removed from another promoter who you'll know and love, I'm sure, has said that MMA is an opportunity and not a career. What you're basically saying is the complete opposite. It's a career, not an opportunity, unless I've missed all of what you've just unpacked. No, no, exactly that. But do you know what? The UFC is an opportunity. Now, let's let's not be silly to think that we're going to compete with the UFC. If we have a guy that signs, and I'll say this publicly, if we have a guy that signed and he's on a salary with us, and he's 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 having he or she, I mean, we've we've got a, there's a couple of them like Ariana Melendez, for example. There's a couple of really decent female fighters we want to go. There's two girls out of Poland as well that we we really like the look of. And um, if they get the opportunity to go to the UFC and they're fighting on on a hundred grand deals, do you know what? Yeah, go there, go enjoy yourself, but please come back when you're done. Because that's an opportunity, whereas we will give you a career. Absolutely incredible. So now it, it works both ways. I I know I said that I didn't have any further questions, but one thing which has kind of like cropped up, and it's been I've been in the sport what eleven years, and it, it's never. Oh yeah, you're to, not new. We know it, that. It's it it's it's it, it's come up time and time again that mixed martial arts promotion should work closer together. There is so much pool talent which can actually be pulled across. And everybody can win and everybody can succeed. The only person I've seen trying to make this happen is um, Lewandowski from um, KSW. Martin Lewandowski is the only person who has reached out, basically extended olive branches to promotions across the globe to say, look, we're happy to work with everybody. Are you yeah, trying we, to we, say we exactly fighters, the same thing? We have we we have title holders that that fight on KSW, and we contact KSW and say, "Can we have them back for a fight, please?" And yeah. they always say, "Yeah, no problem." So um, so we 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 bring them back, no problem. But look at that mindset compared to the mindset that initiated this conversation, trying to drag a promotion below another one by publicly questioning its ability to function. Now, that promotion doesn't know me. They don't know what I do in the backgrounds. I'm not just a fighter, like I say, that's come along. I do train. Um, I have competed. I love the sport. I've always loved the sport. But I'm bringing, I'm bringing the business ethics, the business mindset, and the corporate, the corporate responsibility that a company should have when it's doing this. We're, and we're an entertainment company, so let's get everybody involved in what we're doing. And I hope that when your friend hears this, hopefully he'll reach out. He'll take it. As, he'll take it that's constructive. And do you know what? 
don't worry about what we're doing. You know, you don't have to publicly look at what we're doing and start making assumptions what we are and we aren't doing. And are we paying for this and that? We're probably in a very different financial position. So, yes, you've run the numbers and you can't make it work. But you'll, what numbers have you run? <laughs> you, don't, you, don't, you don't even know how much money I've got. You don't know if I'm happy if I'm happy to go and spend a hundred thousand pounds on this show. I've 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 lost tens of thousands of pounds on shows before if I want to run them as a promotion. Yeah, doesn't matter. I just bought myself a supercar last night, ready for the ready for the driving event. <laughs> I'm not worried about the money. I want the money the money to be shared out with the fighters because by by accident, remember that all sounds great. They're going to promote. They want ticket sales. They yeah. want people in the place. Yeah. I don't want fighters selling tickets. That's another crazy, crazy thing. They should be concentrating on fighting. But until we change the MMA scene, we, we, we're gonna, we have to keep saying to the fighters, are you going to be able to move any tickets for the event? And if you can, it would be fantastic if you could. And then we give them a ticket allocation. And like I say, some of the other ones, and you know who you are, don't even pay the fighters and you just give them some tickets as a purse. That's ridiculous, man. That is absolutely ridiculous. These guys are training night and day. They're, I mean, I've been there. I've been in fight camp. I've been in shark tanks. It's it's hard work, man. It's real hard work to go and compete in front of your mum so that you can show her. You can show her what all this dedication has been for. Yeah. These guys deserve more credit than that. And if, if no one wants to join us, we'll be the ones that take it forward and just watch this space. I hope we've given you a, a better view of what of what we are, what we're doing, and how we how we're trying to move forward. Massively, um, and you know, to be fair, I feel like you had preloaded questions because you haven't even asked what the other two countries were launching into. And are, are you not curious? Absolutely, but I did make it's it really gold. clear at the outset. <laughs> I did make it really clear at the outset, Nick. These questions I had in my mind as assumptions. The reason why we're having this conversation is because of those assumptions that I wanted to clarify. So you've actually, you've, you've actually clarified that. Yes, you're right. In the course of this conversation, you've mentioned the other countries in terms of in, in terms of passing, but my priority was to get past the assumptions that I was making. Just to clarify, no, again, no, no, I get that. That, that, yeah. that wasn't that wasn't meant to be big. I'm I'm trying to be a bit more bit lighthearted because I'm in, <laughs> I'm in full business mode. You know, I'm I'm talking about the the passion I have for growing this business and growing mm. this organisation. And um, we don't want to be a conduit to the UFC. We want to we want to be an alternative. Um, and to be an alternative, we have to be like KSWs, you know, and ECF. You know, but we want to. We really we want to be an alternative, someone that looks after the guys, and we have the guys for a long time looking after them. And when they're done, they've got something for it, and they can look back on it and say, Do you know what, that was a fantastic journey with it, with those guys. So we you, treat them right. Mm. We have we have other companies that are very people orientated as well, and they get treated right. And you can ask any one of the hundred. Well, I mean, at the moment, there's not so many people in our offshore game. I'll tell you now. That's um, that's that's quiet. This COVID nineteen has had a far reaching impact on everything. So, so, to be clear, we are we we have the strictest protocols in place, the strictest procedures in place. Mm. We certainly certainly will not compromise on any quality or safety. The safety of our fighters and any stakeholders in our business is our overriding priority. And we're all about fighting for your dreams. If so, you want it, come with us and we'll give it to you. So you've teased it, Nick. And, um, and, and thank you again for the prompt. The other territories, unpack them for me, my man. Yeah. So we're, we're going to launch Canada. Okay. Um, which, which, 
which is quite funny because obviously we had to go through um, a permissions process. I hope the guy doesn't listen to this. So we um, we had to go through a permissions process to run events, register fighters, have fighters' permissions to fight. All of the stuff that was also I saw was was um, crushed on Twitter, and um, just a tes- um, testament to the professionalism of understanding what needs to happen. And um, so Canada became an option that didn't have quite so strict um, entry requirements for the people that weren't so good in their former lives ah. because we've got some really we've got some really good talent that didn't always behave themselves like they should. Mm. So rather than penalise them for life, I wanted to find another an, another conduit somewhere that was a little bit, um, somewhere that was part, probably part of the Commonwealth, really, somewhere that would allow us access to, the, access to these guys and let these guys have a proper platform. And that also gives us a platform where we can take American and UK fighters. Well, the UK fighters is UK-Europe, by the way. Um, so UK-European fighters and fly them out to Canada to fight and we're also going to launch in Turkey so Turkey Turkey will be our our fourth country of operation and then yeah let's let's see where it goes from there we don't want to spread ourselves too thin Mm. but we want to make sure that we're we're giving everybody we're giving everybody a good chance and let's see how it goes and we've had great successes and we 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 look at what we want to do we we select them carefully um, I'm always the I'm the visionary, so I'm the one who creates these dreams. And the joke is that everybody else in the company have to then deliver the nightmare, <laughs> like a driving event. There was one point, and um, early on in the pandemic, very early on, where I said, "Let's hire a cruise ship, and let's get clean people on a cruise ship." And we looked at it and said, "No, it's not going to be appropriate right now. It's not going to be the way to do it." And um, there was other things like and there was an Indian reservation in Florida that was offered to us um, th- th- there's, there's been many many options there's been many many things we can do this driving event is is definitely a, a, a good way forward and um, it gives everyone what they want and but you're right and please honestly no disrespect for what I was saying with the questions or anything um, and it's probably a good thing that he's given us this platform and um, by prompting the questions because there'll be a lot of people asking the questions but not but don't have the forum to ask them you know are we a legitimate organization are we really are we really looking at looking after people or are we just capitalists that want to chuck a load of people in the field and make and make some money? You know, it's, it's, it's a good opportunity and I thank you for it, for us to get our message out to the world. Well, thank and, you for being so candid. And hopefully though. we get, um, obviously you have good coverage, you're a, you're a well-known guy. You know? Hmm. Well, thank you for that. And and thank you for being so candid because, you know, you didn't have to pick up the phone. You didn't have to be so open and honest. You didn't have to drop exclusives. But I suppose, you know, the key and most important thing here, you've had the platform in which to really, I think, um, set out your intentions and they do seem to be honourable. They do seem to be um, in the fighter's interest, especially when you're talking about it being a career now as opposed to, you know, just a weekend opportunity. So, you know, again, thank you for all of that. Yeah, I, you know, I hope we can make it work. And with, with the help of the, the wider MMA community, it's, it's, it's something we can do. And if anybody else wants to follow the same sort of thing, we have companies that have, um, obviously have payrolls and pension systems in place and all of that. So a lot of it is bolted on to... Um, to cross utilize what what we what facilities and what arrangements we have and um, obviously outsource suppliers that we have in in our other organizations like we have other organizations that have to do mandatory drug testing yeah so when it came to, to screening of people you know there are 
there was there was already suppliers to go to for advice and support. It turned out that um, the best person to go to was the one that was the best known within the industry. Um, so that's that's who we're we're striking ourselves up with at the moment. But rest assured, I appreciate your concerns. Um, I do like that people care and people actually want to make sure we're doing it right because that will also drive organisations to do the right thing. And a good grilling off a, <laughs> off a reporter will make the other guys know, don't try and do this and cut corners, guys, because <laughs> you'll, be you'll be part of the problem, not the solution. Indeed. You don't get a second chance to make a first impression. Indeed. And you know something, uh, again, for full transparency, that's where my questionings come from. Like I say, being in business 11 years, I've come across, I'm not painting you in the same light or even suggesting that this is where it's headed or where it was headed. But there are so many charlatans, you'll know yourself, that have come in the UK mixed martial arts scene and basically just messed things up. And actually, you know, when you look at things um, in the light of we're trying to make this a reputable sport we're trying to paint it in a good light we're trying to be world class we're basically trying to have people um, look at this as a mainstream option um, having those type of individuals come in does actually set us back I mean hence the reason as I say that I, I was going off that sort of questioning to make sure that a we're not in that sort of territory but b you know a lot of the assumptions that I think that I've made um, that would definitely um, give light in terms of question. But thank you again, Nick, for your time. Thank no you worries. again for your candidness. Um, yeah, good, man. It's been great talking to you. Um, I don't know how much of my ramblings you're going to have to edit out, but None. hopefully you can keep the whole thing. And we, can, um, and we can do some more. I mean, if anything changes on the run-up, I'm more than happy to go. And if you, if you, honestly, any other promoters out there, if you want to look at anything, if you want to look at doing anything together to try and build the UK MMA scene, and remember, we're the only organisation in the last 10 years that's ran towards legislation. We ran out to a commission and they said that Florida State is the most challenging commission to work with. And we said, that's the one for us then. And they've been absolutely fantastic because we're open, we're, we're candid with them and we follow the rules. Yeah, if that's what they want, that's what they get. Just and there's some funny rules, man, honestly. Um, if you, compared to what we can, what we can and what, what we can do in the UK and what you can't do in the UK it's very different out there when you've got when you have a governing body and no doubt eventually we will have one I know a few have tried um, they need to make sure that whoever does it doesn't do it for personal gain but I'm sure I'm sure we'll get there and hey here's the future of UK MMA and speaking of future just one final sign off before you go where can people actually see the event on August 10th how can people tune in obviously if you're not going to be in the uh, in row 2 um, in, in, in your, your Cadillac. Uh, yes, yes. I don't know if you too many Cadillacs turn up. Um, so <laughs> at the moment, we don't, we don't have a streaming partner. So we're negotiating with a few because obviously, obviously there's, um, there's a lot of hype around it. There's a lot of people interested. The ticket waiting list is going through the roof at the moment. But again, I can sell the tickets out tomorrow if I want to. But I want to make sure the cards match, the fighters are clean, and they get their allocation because at the end of the day, it's for them. Incredible. So, um, so the no doubt you'll see the announcements when we go. There's a there is a real big mainstream player that doesn't normally cover the MMA scene a lot. Um, I don't want to I don't want to talk bad. <laughs> I want to make sure I get this right. Yeah. And um, we're trying to get them on board and trying to make MMA more of a mainstream sport. Yeah. And um, if we get that deal across the line, it's very close. If we get that deal across the line, you will see our commitment to the UK MMA scene. 
Amazing. Um, because there will be one hell of a platform to have it on. Well, you know where to come for the exclusive, Nick, until such Absolutely, time. Absolutely, my friend. I've got no problem talking to you. And hopefully you know me a little bit better now, so your assumptions <laughs> will be that we're getting it right and you can just ask for confirmation. Indeed. Because, yeah, we're not hitting that around. Now... This is what I want you guys to do, rein me in, because you probably heard um, as I dug quite deeply into what he was trying to get over, and um, you'll know what the catalyst was. The fact is, I was quite excited, I was quite infused, I was quite um, energised by his response, because in the past, I alluded to it in the interview, we've had like promotions come and promotions go we've had Europa MMA um, I'm, I'm sure you never heard of Europa it was one and done you've had coup de gras um, come along they didn't even uh, put together an event you've had Macto uh, Macto came and, and went I think they had one or even two events and the MMA show live basically a lot of these were charlatans fly, fly by night and it has done in the past irreparable damage to mixed martial arts in the uk now when you hear or when i hear of these flamboyant plans these grand plans especially a lot of what we covered in the interview i start to well my spidey sense starts to tingle and i, I get very uh, distrustful because of those examples now mm. as i mentioned rein me in because i did get quite enthusiastic i did get quite excited when they were talking about the covid testing regime that was planned first of all for the the first date when they mention the fact that, you know, they are considering working with Safe MMA, and that, it, for me, is a step in the right direction. But it was the bolder claims, and it was the elaborate claims about paying fighters monthly. I mean, that, for me, is quite groundbreaking. The UFC isn't even doing this. I talked about in the interview the fact that, you know, that is essentially... Um, no longer an opportunity it is a career that this organization is actually creating and it's pretty groundbreaking now it's the first MMA event that will take place in the UK it's the first mixed martial arts promotion to return after this hiatus and um, you know a lot of the things which were covered again in this interview were about innovation it was about you know wanting to work with other promotions as well and um that's what I'm saying. You can even hear my voice now. I'm getting excited at the prospect yeah. because mm -hmm. a lot of what was covered had me like, whoa, wow, this is incredible. This is absolutely a shot in the arm for UK MMA because it's what has been lacking. Now, don't get me wrong, Contenders MMA put on a few shows, but it's just this innovation. It's just this angle. It's just the enthusiasm. It's just the way in which they're moving towards the future. Uh, which should have been done five, ten years ago, to be honest with you. A lot of what's been explained now. But again, I'm going to pause and have you guys ring me in because um, I was quite excited, quite enthused by this. Okay. Um, yeah, oh, I'm sorry. Did you want to go first? Nah, no. preach. No, preach I, just, I, I just, I agree with Mike. I was sold on this. So I'm going to need reining in too. So go. Okay, cool. All, when when I was listening to the audio recording, I'm not gonna lie to you. I was like, as, as soon as he started talking about monthly salary, I was like, okay. I was thinking about like ahead of time, 10, 20 years down the line, where is this promotion gonna be? And everywhere I went, my mom was like, it might not be there. I'm gonna be real with mm. you. It might not be there. It might not be sustainable mm. unless they figure out a way to increase the amount of revenue that they 
have during that time. So whether it's having multiple events throughout the month or whether it's you have multiple ways of having income come in, whether you have sponsors, whether you have silent partners, TV whether, deals. whatever the case may be. Exactly. Mm -hmm. TV deals. You have to have. I feel like if they are able to accumulate enough of that, it can be sustainable, especially if you're having your biggest, bigger stars stay in there and take um and take precedent over everybody else. You can definitely do it and you can achieve it. And I guess like the more and more I heard him speak, the more and more I started realizing that at the same time, I don't understand the mixed martial arts landscape in the UK. But like if I were, to, if someone were to present that idea to me in the United States of America and was like, how would you set this up? I'd be like, okay, great. We would have to make our content different from everybody else's in the sense where we're gonna hire high level guys to create content. We're gonna start making sure that we incorporate the entire community into our sport. And I really do think this is something that can be sustainable. And we're in the time right now where great ideas are gonna set a lot of people apart. I really yes. do think because he's taking advantage of this right now during yeah. this crisis, this is gonna propel him a yeah. lot further than if he was gonna do this and COVID was not mm -hmm. around. I yeah. think yeah. I think this is I, this is a great idea. Like, yeah. I, because I, know, I might shoot some emails that um, he didn't really go in in depth about. But um, this was the hook that got me to talk to him. The whole driving uh, aspect of yeah. um, watching That's, mixed yeah. martial arts and actually doing it in an open air. Now I should have actually picked up on this at the time but we've got shitty weather in the UK and I don't know how he's going to mitigate against <laughs> that but yes, I just love the forgot. fact that you know the whole testing thing was so meticulous not just with fighters but with those attending as well but as well as that it's as you say Kyrus the whole innovation was the thing that struck me it was like wow this is someone who's forward thinking this is somebody who isn't going to just yes. entertain the norm and this is somebody who's looking at mm -hmm. revenue streams in a completely different way yeah i think anyone that's going to be successful in any business right now it has to be an innovative thinker and think post covid19 you know what I mean? Like yeah. you have to you have to take into consideration that people are still going to have trauma. Even when this goes away, people might not like the idea of gathering. They're still going to go back to it. But I think it's it's smart for people to be innovative. Like you hear the airline industry is making changes so that you, you can social distance and whatnot. And for him to apply that to MMA is brilliant. And I love the idea of coming in your car and being with your set people and who you're comfortable being around or by yourself, but you're still safe. And the COVID-19 protocol sounds a one i'm with you mike like i really like this idea and i i'm with kairos too it's innovative and that's what you need right now but i know I, I should actually temper this by saying look we also need to be mindful that you know this at the moment it's just words and like i mentioned right. i was that was at pains to mention the previous promotions who came with grandiose ideas who came with the big talk who basically had high aspirations for the sport possibly or um, what I think is more the case in Europa and Coup de Gras and Macto that they were just out to make a quick buck but I'm into showing by example showing by proof of concept showing by doing this consistently so you know I, I want to temper that enthusiasm which you can hear in my voice the excitement in my voice yeah. um, not to run away with the fact that you know let's see examples and consistent examples sorry um uh Chisanga, I, I interrupted you there no i was about to say like what really re what really caught my attention was the fact that you said a monthly st a monthly stipend which as as you touched on it when you uh introduced your topic that not even the ufc who have been around 
since the 1990s have managed have managed to do and they could do if they really wanted to with through Reebok sales or whatever what have you they could easily give fighters say 500 pounds a month or whatever and to fighters over in the UK in particular those who are still climbing their making their way up the ranks that 500 quid a month would would mean a lot yeah so yeah. It's, it's again. It's an inter- It's an interesting concept, and whether it's financially sustainable and financially viable, that's 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 my only concern. Like, I do believe contenders MMA. I think. Correct me if I'm wrong. They, are they streamed on Fight? I think there's a big audience in terms. I think it's on Fight TV. Uh, Fight TV. F I T E. Oh right, I, I didn't actually know they were currently being streamed on TV. I think. Well, I think I know one of the, one of their last shows. I think. Uh, I think they they did a show in in February in Norwich, and I know that one was on uh, fight was uh, was was on fight. Mm. And okay, fight's got a, a, a lot of money behind them, so perhaps that they're they're giving them some for upfront payment to facilitate this as well. But like 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 you said, we've it, particularly in the UK, we've uh, we've seen many. <laughs> Many charlatans come come through and promise uh, promise big shows and, oh, and massively, what have you. and and even big MMA events. What was that MMA event in Birmingham? MMA uh, show years live back? and oh, you man, know, the you lineup remember? was incredible. I mean, you name it, it was the virtual who's yeah, who. Yeah, man. Um, oh. The only person missing was Chuck Norris. I have to say that. Everybody, <laughs> you Everybody in mixed martial arts, martial arts, full stop. You know, I think they were even going to dig up Bruce Lee. <laughs> yeah. Oh, jeez. Oh, they winked uh, a lot of people. Yeah, they, they they had a who's who, and then they had to uh, revise the, the list, and then the event just didn't go ahead. That's so, right. Yeah. So that's that's my my only concern, because as you said, uh, us two being on this side of uh, the pond, we've seen charlatans come come and go. And not, not to say that uh, contenders MMA are, or, and... Let me let me rephrase that. They are not they are not charlatans. They're promising. What they promised is very uh, very interesting and something that I'm going to be looking forward to seeing if it can come to fruition. In particular, the, the stipend. I, I love the concept of drive through fights. I mean, I've I've never been to a drive through movie. It's something I've always wanted to do in America. But can you imagine being like drive through fights? Like, would you have? Would you have cars around the cage? I, I don't know how how you do it, but it's still a very very interesting concept. Mm-hmm. And, Good luck to them. I'm really looking forward to it. Are you guys familiar with um, the, the the guy who makes, uh, what's the thing called? Anatomy of a Fighter? Are you guys familiar with that? Uh, Will that Harris. Guy? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Thank you. I think that if, if that promotion does something to the degree of that and it's weekly basis where they are constantly pushing out content like that mm-hmm. and they're also making sure they market it to the youth and they're making sure that they're going to these places and having these people meet with you and they're making sure that they are putting together a project so that they're easily accessible through social media they're interacting with people this thing could explode like that's what a lot of people aren't taking advantage of even the UFC an organization that has been around since 93 still doesn't fully take advantage of the reach that they have and the stuff at their disposal but a like, like, oh my goodness! Like, if they did something like that to that degree, and they didn't try and go the route of, oh, we're gonna make our own network and make it exclusive to us, and people have to pay us. The, as long mm-hmm. as they don't go down that route, they're gonna be just fine. Because mm-hmm. you've seen it in America. Like, I'll give you an example: lacrosse in America. 
had the potential to be so monumental and popular, but a lot of the people wanted to make themselves distant from other sports and try and become a completely different entity. So they started to make their own networks and they started to break away from NBC and ABC and all these publications. And people started to not care because you made it a lot harder to um, access to your content. I think Mm if they do this and they figure out a way to make sure that these fighters are taken care of when the when the elements get involved with them competing, it's a win-win. That's another issue though too, is like, what are you gonna do when it rains? What are the cameras, what's gonna happen with the cameras? What's gonna happen to broadcasting? Yeah. Like what what happens then? Yeah, it costs a lot to to have a contingency plan like that. Like I'm, well, I'll bring it to myself. I'm getting married next year. So, oh, so, so we, uh, we're planning getting married outside in the villa where we're, where we're staying, but just to have a, a marquee just to cut like just in case it rains that costs a couple th- like thousand pounds so lord knows how they're going to do, do it like a marquee covering the cage and yeah. the cameras yeah. and every, everyone else so it costs a lot of money but again i'm interested i'm very interested it's i think it's august 10th they're going mike that's right or, yeah that's the yeah. first event but they, they also i i think you know again we mentioned it in the interview they're not just locking themselves in to the uk they're looking at being a european promotion as well as operating in the states as well they're going to the states i think it's florida um he mentioned Mm. yes he did that's oh my goodness oh i just got a great idea i'll tell you later after the year i'll tell you after Okay. Okay. Ooh, I don't want people to know my ideas. <laughs> just to alienate all of our listeners. You're not invited. This yeah, is just exactly. my game. I don't I'm not know. Yeah, I'm with uh, you, Kyros. Hold on to that. Hey, you could do a secret, the wall cast after hours or the wall cast. Right? The, the, lost, the lost tapes. There's too many yeah. haters out there, yo. I understand. <laughs> the Will and Jada edition. Oh, oh my god! Come on, <laughs> you gotta let it go. Lee, uh, you want to talk about that? Yo, why am I with this? It. I'm like, keep it, keep okay. dragging that mic. Yo. <laughs> Let's talk about it. I want, I want to hear your opinion. My opinion on what is their this, open I, relationship. I, I, this, this is going to be a little bit of a shocker. My opinion is this. Don't get me wrong. This isn't something that I would entertain, but I personally mm-hmm. don't see anything wrong in somebody or a couple who basically have agreed that this is the parameters of their relationships just as long as it's consensual just as long as they both are signed up to it just as long as they know exactly the implications of what is actually going to come out of this because i personally could not get it out of my head that you know some other guy's banging my missus but that's just me. <laughs> that's just that's just me. So that's why I'm yeah. in a monogamous relationship. But they've obviously conditioned their mind to accept, you know, you know, the, the fact that somebody else is, you know, between the sheets with their partner. So yeah. I don't have a problem with it if they don't have a problem with it. But you know what I do have a problem with? If indeed this is true, if indeed, you know, um, this is actual fact because jada came out today and said ah, this is all bullshit i don't know who told mm-hmm. him that or what planet or what dimension or or, or or what um universe he's living in but it ain't the same that i'm living in if it is true well man just accept it just live with it just own it just say it with your chest yeah. this is what you've agreed behind closed doors yeah. so exactly. in short i don't have a problem with it if they don't have a problem with it but it's not something that i would be doing all yeah. I gotta say is, what what type of hold does Jada have over over wow. over men Pause. in general? Over Pause. over men, <laughs> over men in general. Because what kind of because, hold does Jada have? 
<laughs> yeah, hold. I said hold. No, come I didn't on. know what you said either. Oh. That's why I didn't say. Anything. I said. I said. Hold. I didn't say a damn thing. I, was I like, said hold. Lord. Okay, let, what type of hold did she have over men? Because she had Tupac like like a teenage boy. Mm. Do you remember that poem yeah. that he made yeah. uh, for Jada? Like, I think. He said something like, "You bring me to climax without sex, and you do it with a real regal grace, or something like that." What? That's some lyrics. Though. Yeah, that, yeah, that's, that's that's what he said in the poem. That's what he said about her. So, man, wow. yeah, there's there's something about her. I don't know. I don't know. Like maybe maybe she's. And, the and one he that, said that he said that before they had sex, correct? Yeah, exactly. Oh my so, god. Yeah, exactly. So, wow. back anyway. I've, uh, I've we I've all in these people's business and shit in their bed sheets. This is crazy. I'm I'm with it though, but I'm like Mike. <laughs> it ain't it ain't for me, but I support it if it makes them happy. Yeah, and, you know they they've been married for so long. They have a beautiful family. If they swing and fuck you know other people, spice hey, it up to you. Yeah, yeah I want to be too. so politically correct. You is, know? Oh my is that, is I that, gotta be the bad guy. Is that is that not is that not weird for the kids though? Like to. To, to know that your mom is or, and your dad as well is like sleeping mm-hmm. with other people. Those then. kids are hella weird. They're probably like, yeah, bro, that's cool. Like, yeah, can we you film seen their kids? <laughs> <laughs> Willow's, Willow's just whipping her head back no. and forth. Just. Yeah, them kids are I'll weird. I'll be the bad guy with weird. this. And y'all are tripping. Okay. I'll be the bad guy and draw the line in the sand right here. Uh, this God. is a character and commitment issue. You guys can you guys can come at me hard and kill me for this, but I'm gonna tell you straight up. If you wanted this. You shouldn't have gotten married. And if you do want this, you should get unmarried. Because this right now tells me that this, your partner isn't enough to satisfy you anymore because you don't see a scenario whereby they can without you introducing someone else into the equation. Now, it's not that you're just a freak leak It's they can't make you come? What if it's just you just no. want to come a lot with a whole different people at the same oh, time? Oh, why, like, why would you get married then if you wanted this? If you were a freak leak in the beginning, you could have been doing this before you got married <laughs> and then just not getting married. Why, a, a freak why you not ju- allowed to have love? Can right. a freaky leak you not can, get love? You can't share you assets can get and, and, and whatnot and, and ask God's blessing and, and also be a freaky leak at night. Just don't get married. God ain't blessing you if you're a freaky leak. Come right. on. Just don't get married until you're... No. God ain't blessing that. Right? We can't go to the church because, you know, I like pit my wife out. What's going on? Like, everybody has agreed. No, no. no. <laughs> don't get don't get married. Don't, don't, don't go down this road. I'll, I understand. No, it's not oh, for okay, me. Great. I know I'm joking yeah. and shit, but it's it's you know like I'm I'm pushing your buttons, but officially I don't. I'm monogamous when I am in a relationship. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, do yeah, like yeah. If we it, don't need cuckolds here, like doing this sort of thing. If, <laughs> if that's what you want to do, don't get married. Yeah, cuckold. That's what it's called. Well, you don't gotta like be it's doing none of my that. business. Like if they want to get married and fuck the world, hey, do you? I'm not. Mm. I'm with you. I would never get yeah. married and, and fuck a, and and have my and watch my wife fuck another one. I'm with Carol. I would never. You know, but yeah. if, if somebody else want to be an incel and get married and tell the lord bless this arrangement and then afterwards fuck the whole room that's their business yeah like i'm just not looking at it surface self i'm looking at it like i'm no longer enough to satisfy you so what am i doing wrong but how much and if that's the case i need to go but how much of that is about insecurity though right that's that's what i mean by like they are so secure in themselves that this is the arrangement that they want the fact is this yeah i have no problem with this because they both know what page they're on i would be horrified if they were on you know the 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 beginning of the manual and you know someone else in the relationship was at the end nah nah that's that's not that's not how you function man 
No, but I they're both on the same page. Y'all can have your cuckold relationships if you want in the UK. <laughs> over here in the States, we ain't doing it. Oh, we're right. not going down like that over here. <laughs> <laughs> y'all can do what y'all want over there. Oh. But we're we're doing it right over here. Oh man. Right. But no, before we go, right? Mm. Let, we're we're talking about weird shit and disgraces and what have you. <laughs> What do you guys make of Jarrell Miller failing another drug test? This is this is his fourth failed drug test in just over the space of 12 months. I think 14 months or what have you. And I do believe this is the fifth of his career. Fifth failed drug test of his career. And the man has come out and he said that I've not intentionally taken nothing, blah, blah, blah. I'm innocent. I've ingested some tainted shit. I ain't buying this nigga shit. I'm... <laughs> Jarrell Miller needs to just basically fade away. So many chances he's been given. I mean, this is what the fourth time that he said, "Oh, it wasn't me." I mean, who is he? Shaggy. The fact is, we are giving this man constant chances by opening with open arms, saying, "Yeah, you can come back and fight for us, but you know you're going to be tested, right?" And he'd be like, "Yeah, but I know I'm going to be tested." The when does this become a health concern, too? Like, how many times is he going to put this stuff in his body and get caught? Like, so we need an intervention, yeah. Mike. Like, it's too much. You're not and, good enough for the sport because you keep cheating. So and, stop. And it's not and, good for you. How many times mm. is he going to put, potentially, a fighter's life at risk? How many times are we going to give him a loaded gun and say, yeah, go and play Russian roulette with that, but not with your right. own skull, yeah. with somebody else's? No. Jerome Miller, seriously, he's a stain on the sport. And it's people like him, I feel, that promoters now need to say, no, enough is enough. But yeah. because they keep, with open arms, welcoming him back, that is why we're having these constant conversations. Not once, not twice. Not three times but four times the guy's a complete waste do you, do you know what like i i hate pd cheats or what have you but it wouldn't I, I wouldn't be as irked if what he didn't test for positive for if, if he tested positive for something to to lose to lose body weight or what have you but hmm. the the i think it was a, a sarm it might have even been one of the uh, substances that uh, rachel ostovich got popped for because i know she got popped for Osterine and something GW1 some shit like that but the second compound that I mentioned there that's purely to increase anaerobic output so he basically wanted to go into his fight well with Anthony Joshua let's not forget basically he wanted to be 300 pounds and have the cardio of a 125 pounder wow uh, yeah so I mean if, if say if it was just for like a, a substance uh, say if he repeatedly tested positive for a weight loss uh if if his positive test sorry came back from the result of taking some fat burning pills or what have you i wouldn't be as pissed but when he's putting rocket fuel in it he's essentially putting rocket fuel in his system as you say and giving it a loaded gun yeah. that shit just it's it's unforgivable and i think also as mike as well as you just said there not only do promoters need to sever ties, but media outlets they need to just stop promoting yes. it. They need to just yes. take take this take the stance to say we're not gonna we're not gonna give you a platform to. Uh, well, I'll I'll say he's innocent until proven guilty in this case because oh, obviously we on. we don't know, but mm. we're not gonna give you the opportunity to spout this to spout this BS. And I mean, brilliant th idea. Th there, there comes a point. There comes a point when media have to also take a stand and not yeah. pr not yeah. give these guys guys a platform. So, but 
in in this day and age of YouTube clicks and and, and what have you and downloads and listens, I, I, sadly, I don't think that's going to happen. But for me, if I if I was offered an interview with Jarrell Miller right now, I'd say no. I'm I'm not going to I'm not going to give the man a platform. There's there's so many uh, there's thousands and thousands of fighters across all the disciplines who whose stories deserve to be told more than this man's story. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, Kairos, What's your Guys, thoughts? Come on. News. Oh, what's Bre- up? Oh, breaking news. Mike Perry is on Twitter claiming he is now Mexican. Just wanted to keep you Oh, Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Mike Perry. But go ahead. Go right ahead. Um, just breaking news. Go ahead, Karis. Well, here's my question, because you guys know, or you probably don't know, but I, on a scale of 1 to 10, like I'm probably a 1 in terms of boxing fandom. Mm-hmm. How stringent is the testing of boxing compared to the UFC? Is it different by promotion, or is there like a static testing pool? There's no like one independent uh, drug testing agency. So like obviously with the UFC, we have USADA who oversee everything, but it 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 almost goes per fight. Like uh, it changes per fight and and where you are. Uh, So for instance, we had a fighter Dillian White. He tested positive before the his fight with Oscar Rivas last. I think it was it was it was last summer, and. there, there was a, they had a hearing and blah 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 and he was he was basically he was cleared to fight he, he failed the drug test in in the build-up but he was he was cleared to fight but this hearing took place behind closed doors and what have you and that has prompted many other other fighters to come out and say i'm not i'm not keen about fighting in in britain because if they can pull this shady shit where dillian white tests positive before a fight and he's not removed and they didn't even tell oscar rivas or given the opportunity and say, look, this guy's tested positive. Do you still want to mm-hmm. fight him? They just said, they they remained silent. There was an murder amongst them. I think that just gives you all the indication that you need, all the indication that you need to know that the drug testing in boxing, and I'd say this across the world, is, is shady as, as fuck. Because I also know they have uh, the Voluntary Doping Association and fighters, they have to pay themselves. They have to pay like maybe mm-hmm. forty or 50,000 pounds for um for them to oh, no. to, to be drug test. tested yeah wow. so man it's it, it's it dare i say it, it's it's somewhat the wild west it, it, it really is okay so y'all are cheating in boxing let me just get that straight all right oh, so 100 yeah. of y'all are cheaters so basically for you, you to get caught you got to be an idiot is what i'm hearing yeah you basically like it, it's kind of like before the ufc had had pride i had pride <laughs> sorry before the ufc had usada like the only way you get caught if you like uh, head up a fight in the UFC is if you're taking stuff the week of or like two or three weeks before the fight. Like normally, that's when you would assume cheaters would stop taking stuff and they take stuff to flush out all this stuff from their system. And like, <laughs> or you, you you talk about you have to be stupid. You have to be Alistair Overeem who tested like his testosterone. <laughs> his oh testosterone God. ratio rate level was, I think, his testosterone to epitestosterone relation level was something like thirteen to one, and no- <sighs> the normal man's one is one to one. So I don't know how ridiculous or how he thought that. Oh yeah, I'll be able to get away with it. I'll be able to get away with it, man. Just, just that's that's the kind of stupid you have to be. I love Alistair okay. Overeem. I, I, he goes down to one of the greatest heavyweights and one of the greatest combat sports athletes ever for me but that was stupid as hell for him to thinking he could be taking his horse meat right up until those fights and then getting busted i mean the man was like 265 pounds shredded with abs come on it's we all ama- see it <laughs> yeah it's amazing what they say didn't um, frank Mir eat kangaroo meat and th- therefore he failed his drug test like these 
some of the yeah. things they say is like, but oh, I, yeah. try, well, I try not no, to be I, too harsh. I don't know anything about Pez, but I, I find those excuses kind of strange. Or, I mean, someone, I think Chad Mendez also said something about psoriasis cream. Yeah. And I'm just like a little skeptical of these. You guys are getting creative with these. Uh, I, 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 I know that. I have no doubt in my mind there are some fighters who have taken things accidentally Absolutely. and have te- and have tested positive. But I, the cynic in me believes that some fighters will know that. Say, I'm not saying Chad Mendes did this, and disclaimer, Chad Mendes, I'm not saying you did this again, just so I ain't sued. But say, for instance, uh, like whatever performance enhancing drug the fighter wants to take, they'll they'll take it and then they know it's in a psoriasis cream or what have you. Then they'll be like, oh, I was taking this cream for my psoriasis. That's why I tested positive for this. So And then they give the psoriasis cream to USADA and then USADA are like, oh, okay, okay, this is actually there. So that's the cynic in me saying that some fighters will do that. And you're talking about tainted meat there, what have you. Do you remember when Canelo popped? I think Canelo popped, was it? It wasn't last mm-hmm. year. It was, it was a year before. And they blamed me again. He was saying, yeah, the Mexican meat. But that man's body, if you like just his whole structure and his frame in the last however many years, five years, has just changed drastically. Like, I mean, I'm giving him the skeptical hippo eyes, like, well and truly. (laughs) Well and truly. Bro, all of them get the skeptical eyes because all of them are cheating. I'm going to be for real with you. You guys want to shoot them bail and you want to say X fighter and Y mm-hmm. fighter are doing this and, oh, it's okay because it's my psoriasis cream. First of all, USADA has all the substances online for you to check to know what you can and can't take. <laughs> yeah. So you know dang well when you took that psoriasis, you knew that you would test positive for something. So let's just be real. What's more plausible? Oh, I didn't know the cream that I've been taking my whole life for a disease that I have would make me pop even though it tells me what's on it or me saying, no, I'm going to take this chemical and then blame it on the cream so then I have an excuse as to why I tested positive. You know better. You're a grown adult. You've signed a contract to uphold drug testing and you failed. Mm-hmm. Stop letting these people con you into thinking that they're ignorant. These people are not stupid. They're just trying to bend the rules and jump the lines. Now, I'm not trying to sit here and shit on people who test positive because I'll be real with you. If you test positive one time, I'm willing to give you the benefit of the doubt for yeah. the most part because I believe at the end of the day too if you take steroids and you aren't working out you get no benefit from it Ster- the benefit of steroids is it allows you to conti- continuously push your body to the mm-hmm. limits with and decrease recovery time so you're at least putting in the work it's not like oh I'm, well, I'm not getting up off the couch I'm going to stab this needle in my butthole and I'm going to get better without you having to do nothing no yeah. you're actually putting forth the work and trying to get better and better so I'm not trying to shit on you but at right. the same time you're a grown adult we need to hold ourselves accountable because let's just be real the second John Jones tested positive the first time, z- not zero, the majority of people thought he was cheating his entire career just mm-hmm. off of one occurrence. But let somebody else test positive their first time. You shoot them all the bell in the world. Y'all were saying Sean O'Malley was innocent. Y'all were saying Brian Ortega was innocent. Y'all were saying all these people were innocent. But let somebody you don't like test positive once and you're ready to nail them to the floor. Mm-hmm. Either kill everybody yeah. or give them the benefit of the doubt. That's why I'm saying I'm going to kill everybody for that first offense because you know better. Ooh, I, yeah. I I can't I can't top that heat there. I can't. That's yeah. Kairos eat. has spoken facts. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And on that note, and then <laughs> that wraps up this episode of the Wobcast. Until next time, make some trouble. Oh, you're waiting. Hold on. Let me turn off my recording. It's not. I'm serious about this. Okay. So here's my...